There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. First, let me introduce the members of the posse, or the poussé, as the kids say on the streets of Paris. Girls, get ready. Get your fan, get your mister, get your um, box of Kleenex, your box of wipes, your squeegee and your lube, because the very famous one one is here. <laughs> hey, Mac, how's it going? Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Come show. On, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good. You got your lube? I got extra lube in case anybody needs okay, it. Okay, that's good way. to know. Uh, also, <laughs> now for the bad news. No Coco tonight. No Coco. He's still out saving the world. And as you've been you. gone for a while, well, is he okay? Read the headlines. You know that the world is kind of effed up these yeah, days, and yeah, uh, okay. they need Superman there. Um, also, girls, sorry, but uh, no Switchy. Switchy is still in the middle of moving his headquarters, proving a little more, more difficult than he thought. Uh, but he'll be with us soon. However, in the uh, house with us tonight is our security chief, Willie Club. Willie, how are you? Hi, Mac. Hi, folks. Uh, it's great to be here. I'm doing great. All dressed up. Uh, I just want to add, though, you know, you, knew, you talk about Switch being away. I've been doing some research, and the rumor is that he's been around the circuit, around some new product that's come out for hair restoration. And I'm uh, a business waiting to see what it is because I'm very interested myself. Mm, but, uh, okay. So we'll find out when he gets back, but I understand he's uh, he's been on the road. Okay. Well, the first time tonight... I'm sure he'll give us a full report. Um, so, what are you insinuating that he's on? Uh, he's on a tour for Hair Club for Men or something like that? Is that well, the, yeah, he, you know, he's big in the, as you know, he's big in that uh, that stuff. And, the hair uh, system. Yeah. So good for him, and maybe we can get him as a sponsor. Yeah, wouldn't that be ironic? Yeah, okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, also joining us tonight is our favorite good witch up there in Sideways in the Eye. Raven is with us tonight. Hi, Raven. How are you, Raven? Hi, my friends. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Hi, Raven. Hi. Hello. Fourth week of the new hairdo, gang. Fourth week. That looks great. Thank you. Yeah, my hair system's working out very well. Your hair system is working out perfectly. Switch Switch gave me the, he gave me the the top guy. So I got the (laughs) best one. Great. I thought you were going to say he gave you a peptide. Okay. So listen, it's a special show tonight because we have one of our, uh, I think it's uh, accurate to say one of our biggest fans on with us. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce her last name. Susan Capula? Coppola. 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 Like the director. Mm-hmm. Like the director of The Godfather. Well, kind of, but Finnish, not Italian. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. Yep. All right. Oh, hey. Well, it's easy to remember then. Susan Coppola. Don, and where are you anyway? You're down south somewhere, right? 
I am in uh, Stoneville, North Carolina. Oh, that is down south. Okay. All right. But you used to be from where we're from, right? I am. I was born in Woburn. Yes, sir. Woburn, Massachusetts, where uh, Willie Club lives these days. It's within the uh, the greater Boston area, they, they say. Um, and, and, and you were in North Reading before that, another kind of suburb, right? I was, and uh, I don't know if this says anything about me, but uh, I was born in Choate Memorial Hospital, which mm-hmm. is now, I'm pretty sure, an insane asylum. Oh, wait a minute. We don't know that. What? Do we know that for sure? <laughs> wow, interesting. So, so sure it's a psychiatric hospital now. I am wrong. Okay. What, um, <laughs> Where I'm from, we call it the nut house. But, oh, that's, um, see, that's, that's inappropriate. That's offensive on it. So, so why did you, how did you wind up Leave down south? <laughs> don't worry, I will. How did you wind up down south, Susan? Uh, just to, uh, grew up, we moved down to Florida yes. and then I just came up to North Carolina on a vacation and loved it. Mm. Went home, packed my bags and moved up here. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Nice. A person of decision. That's good. Now, did you tell me that you, now you have, you have animals on uh, your property, right? I do. And you're not going to like most of the animals that Why? are here, but I do have uh, a couple of horses and oh, a dog and like several cats. Oh, all right. Well, two we out love of those animals. Two out of three. You do. So um, you have a couple horses. What kind? Are they ponies? Are they? Do they have their uh, scrotums? What's? <laughs> they are geldings. So oh, I do okay. have that in common with uh, Coco's horse Teddy. Teddy. But um, one of them's a Tennessee walking horse. That's a rescue. Ooh. He had an ankle injury, so I rescued him from this being put down. Yep. And I have a quarter horse. Nice. Wow. Okay. All right. I know what the walking horse is. Now, a quarter horse, what is that for our uh, listeners that don't know? So quarter horses are mainly, uh, they're they're big, muscular horses. They're very good natured. They're good for trails, Mm. but um, they're just powerhouses. You can use them for pretty much anything if you want to do eventing or most time uh, cowboys use them. They're just strong Mm. in horses. Wow. Wow. And, 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 and um, I'm fascinated by horses uh, because they have their own kind of personalities, right? Or they're, they, they, they're very intelligent animals, correct? That is correct. Yes, sir. You are right. And I read once that horses are the only animal who intentionally will fool a human being into doing something they want. Though I've seen videos of cats limping and stuff, so I think it's more than horses. But horses have this kind of way of kind of getting what they want. And you agree? Was that just an old oh, You mean training you? Yeah, definitely. Hang on. So that's true. When you first get on them to ride them and they mm. don't want to go, they will do everything they can to just, just to get you to get off. Mm. Even if they they just want to misbehave to test you and see if you're going to continue on. And then eventually they give in and you're you're on for a smooth ride. But yes, sir, that is that is true. That wow, happens. Cool. And now, do you also have a Corvette or am I, did I dream that? I do. And I heard you have a Corvette. I have a 2004 <laughs> Who told you I had a car? That's funny. I, heard- I do, I do. Let's say we don't. Okay, so you have a 2004 Corvette. Tell us about it, please. It is uh, the last. It's uh, a C5. It's the last year of the pop-up headlights. Oh, It's wow. got a nice target top. Mm. And um, it is a 5.7 liter V8. Whoa. It's four. It is... Uh, Unfortunately, automatic, oh, which okay, I think yeah. is a game in a Corvette. It yep. just should be. They're all automatic you know. now. They're all automatic. There's no more stick yes, shifts sir. in Corvettes, so the end of the world is coming. Well, that's cool. What color is it? 
black. I call her Black Beauty. Wow. Nice. Oh man, I would <laughs> love a black vet. I think that it's just. I think vets are the coolest. I like some years yeah. better than others, you know. But I think mm-hmm. just for the idea of this whole idea of it sounds corny, but like a, a really cool American car engineering. Freaking vets are excellent. I love vets. Mm-hmm. I, I, they I always, are. Always pay attention when one goes by. When we go to auto shows. I just you know. It's my pawn, you might say. Look, <laughs> one, one of them. So, listen. Why don't we do this, Susan? Can you hang around with us for the opening segment? I would like that. Thank okay. you so much for having me. Yes. Well, as it turns out, we have a top ten list tonight. Okay, and this is top ten reasons Switchy is moving his headquarters. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna treat, uh, you know, walk a fine line here, kids. Okay, top ten reasons Switchy. Is moving his headquarters. You have the list, Raven? I have the list. Okay. Well, why don't we start the music? Start the music. <laughs> number 10. Uh, number 10. Every night, the mole men call to him, and he can't resist their song. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny. Well, let's, let's give it a chance. Yeah, let's, okay, wow. Thank <laughs> you. Like, that one so has to sink in for like, I don't know why it's so funny. So, it's so read, read it again. Let's see if it's funny the second time. Number 10, please, Raven. Every night, the mole men call to him, and he can't resist their song. Okay. All right. Well, we might have to clean that up. All right. Why don't we go to number nine? Top 10 reasons number why Switchy is moving his headquarters. Neighbors are complaining about too many Mothman impersonators meeting... <laughs> Neighbors are complaining about too many Mothman impersonator meetings at his house. Yes, yeah, see, remember? They had a parking problem, as it turned out. Uh, wow, okay, I'm with you, Club. All right, number eight, please. Top ten reasons switches changing his headquarters, moving his headquarters. Number eight, uh, his fans discovered his hairstyle secret address, his hairstyle a secret address, and chaos ensued. Okay. <laughs> I, like, I like that because that's that's more accurate. Okay. That might be the real reason, might be, actually. Yeah, we yeah. don't know. Number seven, please. Uh, top ten reasons Switchy is moving his headquarters. Number seven, his shrine to Raven was running out of space. <laughs> his, his, no, shrine, that's his shrine to Raven was running out of space. Now, that one, I think, is number That one. might be that's, the one. I okay. All right. <laughs> Next, please, Raven. Uh, <clears throat> number six, Coco is setting him up in his own bunker for the day, quote unquote, the giant alien clam god returns. Okay, Memo. Coco's been telling us about that over drinks. Yeah. The giant alien clam god. Okay, all right. Wow, there's an atom bomb that club. Yes, right. I think you think need he jokes. To okay. give us about five minutes between each one. <laughs> so that'd, that'd be, very intense. That'd be the entire show. That'd be cool. All right, next, please, right. Uh, number five, his welding torch told him to. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next, please. Um, number four, when he heard they raised the rent on Superman's Fortress of Solitude, he knew he was next. Right, right. So the hearing right on the wall. Okay, let's uh, quickly go. Leave him laughing. Number three. Number three, Juan Juan has convinced him to be his vice presidential candidate in 2024 when he runs on the Surprise party ticket. You're going to do that this year? Have you decided, Juan? Are you going to throw your hat our, in the ring? Our platform is going to be boxes and boxes of Frosted Flakes. Yes, yes. I, you got my vote there, dude. Frosted Flakes for everybody. Yes. Yep. Sponsored by Denny's. Yes, sponsored by Denny's. Sponsored by Denny's. Number two, please. Top 10 reasons Number why uh, Switch is moving his headquarters. Hey, man. He just wanted out of the bowl of flakes. You got a problem with that? <laughs> do you? No, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. 
I like that one. That should go number I wish Draco was here. If Draco was here, I would have had him read that one. All right. And uh, now we're at number one reason why Switch is moving his headquarters. Number one reason, donuts. It's all about the donuts. All about donuts. Yes. That's the one that makes the most sense. Moving okay. to a location where there's better donuts, apparently. So, Susan, you know when you're yeah. here on the show, we're going to sweeten it up in post-production. Now you know what we mean, right? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Susan Coppola is joining us. Coppola, Susan Coppola is joining us from down in uh, North Carolina, a super fan. Uh, what do you listen to us, uh, Susan? On the uh, the TuneIn um, podcast. Yeah. Uh, that was yes, sir. Wow, TuneIn, interesting. They're wanting TuneIn. Mm, yep. Um, we got. I saw the other day, and I don't know whether this makes is important or not, but sixty five percent of our listeners listen to us on Apple Podcasts. And the rest really of that high percentage, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, which is mm. kind of cool. Well, I'm glad just as long as you can hear us, that's that's cool. And, and and are you a big UFO freak? How did you find us? So, um, I just am a believer and I um see things out where I live. I live on a five acre farm, and when I go out at night, I see lights that I can't explain. We had trail cams, I have a picture of something really bizarre Ooh. that was out there that we can't identify on a night when I saw the lights. So I just like to hear more about it. And I love the military and respect every person that serves. Mm -hmm. So your your show is a perfect mixture of both. Oh, really? Okay. <clears throat> all right. Do you think we go off the rails too much? <laughs> Not at all. No? Okay. That's good to hear. Right. All right. Great. So so what did you, what did it look like on that, uh, that, uh, that trail camera? Um, so it was pretty low in the brush and it just had this almost like a triangular head where it was longer on the top and it narrowed down to like the chin area and it had two eyes. So it might've been an animal, but what a coincidence that I found it on the night that I recorded the lights in the sky and that they were moving and mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure you can't fly drones at night, right? Without registering them. Well, you you probably won't. They'll, they probably won't come back. It's not a good idea, that's for sure. So, what did the lights look like to you? What do they look like? Lights flashing, going back and forth, high speed, low speed. A little bit of both. So, hmm. I think I'm looking at a star, and then it gets brighter. It gets closer. It moves from left to right, and uh, you can. I just record it on my camera, and it's moving, and I see them regularly. Wow, that's and wild. what are, what is it? What are they? We yeah, don't right. have an airport. I mean, we have a main airport, but that's not an airplane, and there's no sounds. No sounds. No sound. Yeah, yeah, that's strange. Well, you know, a lot of people see things like that, and, you know, no one ever knows what the heck they are. Um, you know, one night we were standing out on our porch, and we saw this kind of bright light go over us. I remember because there was a, day, there was a World Series game on, and we had lost power down the island, so there was just completely black everywhere. And this light went over us, and, we, and I remember saying— to Lois, you know, it's funny that it's an airplane up there. I wonder if they can tell that the ground below is blacked out, you know? And mm -hmm. it, and all of a sudden, this thing split into four different lights and just <laughs> wow. went in, like, not in four different directions, but went out over the ocean. Yeah. And I was like, what the, what the what? It, it, it was like, what was that? Crazy, crazy, you know? I mean, could it could have been drones, I guess. Who knows? But mm. So I know what you mean. You just look at it and you go, what did I just see? What was that? It might not be little green men from Mars, but it, it was something. That's for sure. So, and I feel 
same way. I don't necessarily, I'm not saying it's, you know, aliens or little green men, but it's definitely not a plane or a helicopter. So right. what is it? Well, we have a tendency to want to define it in, you know, out of the Encyclopedia Britannica of uh, flying aircraft. We, we want it to be something, something that we can put our finger on. Mm-hmm. Something that has clarity, something that we've learned, read about in school, something we know about, something we've read about, not something that is right. unknown to right. us. Well, you, you want to click off the reasonable explanations first and then say, well, if I don't know what it is, then that is something really weird, you know. But when you mm-hmm. see a real UFO, that that thought pattern has to, you know, happens like three or four seconds because a lot of people, when they see something that's you know, landing or whatever, you know, a lot of people say that's either some kind of hoax or it's something from out of space. And, and speaking about that, talk about a gazenta. Raven sent me this um, audio, this uh, video today, <clears throat> and I'll let her kind of explain it. But to me, we're talking about animals. I think I'm beginning to believe that animals have like another sense that humans cannot comprehend because we talked about how definitely yeah you know, a, a dog wakes up in the middle of the night is barking at a corner as if a person is there but the people can't see the person the way you know sometimes cats will react as if someone else is in the room and you know that's how a cat reacts to a new person in the room yet there's no one there you know so to, what, what was this did this happen down in mexico city was it raven uh, it was Mexico. I'll, I'll never be able to pronounce the name mm. of the city. Um, but if for anybody who wants to, you know, look this up, if you type in um, Mexican, oh God, Mexico uh, dogs chasing uh, entity, you'll be able to find it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I stumbled upon this. Um, this happened on March fifteenth, so this was pretty recent. And it's it's in like you know what looks like an alleyway, maybe by like a canal yep. maybe yep. is that yep. what it looked like to you yep. and it's dark out and kind of from the background you see just this figure it's not solid and it's it's like almost it almost has like this wavy trail mm-hmm. following it yep and then this pack of wild dogs like not vicious or anything but they see it they sense this energy and they just like run after it and the this whatever this thing is, you know, makes like a quick left turn right? and it goes over this little embankment and you can clearly see at that point, it looks solid mm-hmm. and then it, it just kind of disappears. But these dogs, like you're, you're watching it and it's hard to believe that something like that could be doctored right. because how do you get three wild, wild dogs to cooperate like that? Like, how do you edit that? Right. That's mm-hmm. the, the, the thing looks like it comes down from the sky. Okay, which is odd, and then it, and then it lands, and then you see the dogs, and and when you see how the dogs are reacting, the dogs are reacting exactly how dogs would react if they saw something very strange. They don't try; they charge it, but then they pull back, and they're look, kind of looking around. What are we going to do now? That type of action yep. with the dogs, and then the thing just goes shoo, shoo, and over the hill, and it's like, wow! Whoa, once again, what the heck was that? You know, what was that? And I, I I think it's fascinating that the dogs just like you say, you can't dog, you can't fake the dog, you can't tell the dog to act like a dog. Okay, he, they were just, I don't know, it was a really convincing video. First real convincing. It really was. I, I, I was floored when I was watching it, and I'm like, I got to send this to Mac. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was cool. So, uh, Susan, so um, what else can I ask you? Who, who's, who's your favorite, uh, who's your favorite on the crew? Favorite male. <laughs> we know Raven's going to win in favorite female. <laughs> Raven's not um, my favorite male. Who is? <laughs> who? I didn't hear that. Can I ask you the question I, again? Can you? Do you want to say your least favorite male? Who? Who can you not stand? Coco. 
equally wow. uh, for different reasons, but wow. Mac, you're pretty much the fan favorite on uh, my uh, side here. Uh, Sorry. Uh, yes, she's hard to beat. Oh, no, well, he knew the long. answer to that. That's why yeah. he asked. I'm right. sure. You and two got together before yeah. the show. We won't have to fix that. That's okay. okay. <laughs> He's known to do things like that. Uh, excuse me. Wow. Okay, Willie. Thank you very much. All right. Well, it's true. It's, <laughs> I don't resent it. I, well, a little, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said, who took you to lunch yesterday? I know. Thank you. Okay. It's okay. Yeah, Mac, he's the Tom Cruise of the show. Everybody else Don't you ever show. say that. I'll come up there and smack you, the Tom Cruise of the show. How dare you? We don't talk about we don't Tom talk Cruise about him. here. Okay. And my no, teeth. But okay, he's, the, he's the Matt Damon of the show. No, no. Wait, hang on. Go ahead, Susan. Go ahead. You have the Tom Cruise comment? Yes, Raven has uh, my whole family talking about. Now she brought up that tooth the issue tooth with thing. Tom Cruise. You got smile. it. My teeth line up. Who's done? <laughs> Okay. Plus, I'm over five foot three too. There's another thing, and I don't need it. I, 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 we could go on and on about that guy. He's a movie star. He's not an actor. You know what I mean? He's a movie star. He's not a good actor, and he's got that attitude. Don't look me in the eye and all that jazz, man. I hate that stuff. You know, and some of them are just like that. Okay. Wow. For years, we couldn't look one one in the eye. He's just fine. I know. Anyway. Well, listen, why don't we? I think it's time to take a break. And Susan, we have to say goodbye to you. Sorry. That's okay. Thank you so much for having me. It was oh, a pleasure. I can, I can ask you a question about Go a ahead. Corvette. Do you, you, is your Corvette out there riding around in that beautiful 70-degree uh, weather out there in North Carolina right now? So it actually was 70, yes. Take the top off, and you know, oh. Mac probably can agree, the faster they go, the nicer they ride. Oh, yeah. So, mm -hmm. Wow. Yes, sir. Good. Well, can... And do you uh, occasionally exceed the speed limit? <laughs> I occasionally Tell me the truth. I don't exceed the speed limit. <laughs> occasionally, she's oh, North with Carolina, him. the speed limit's like 80. So Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. true. 80, 85. <laughs> so if you're in a hurry, it's a place I loved to it be. when I drove through there. It was awesome. Oh, it's a great it's, drive. It's a beautiful, oh, yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful state. There's no doubt about it. It's a beautiful, in, in many parts of it are beautiful. You know, the woods mm -hmm. to the out of banks and stuff, you know, it's cool down there. A lot of basketball, a lot of basketball mm -hmm. happening down there. You know, Who's the big star? NC State? Is that the, Duke, the big team? Duke, NC State, Duke. North Carolina. They're all right down there. They're all right okay. down there. You know, It might have an effect on uh, Mackey's betting life within the next uh, 48 to 72 hours. We'll see. <laughs> Susan, thank you very much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Susan Coppola. No, say it. Coppola. Coppola. Exactly. Very nice. Coppola. Finnish. From Finland. Do you you have, a, do you, did you ever go to Finland? Have you, it's supposed to be the happiest country in the world, Finland. I have not, but I've heard the same thing about it being mm -hmm. a very nice place to live. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, kind of cold, but uh, supposedly everyone up there is happier than even the Irish. How about that? <laughs> and your beautiful looking Susan in an elegant way. I love your hair. We all I'm going to say your hair is gorgeous. Yeah, look at that. Hmm. With that hair blowing in the wind in the in, in the, the top off on the wow. Corvette. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to resist. Yeah. Hard I'll to wait resist. Wait till Switch finds out he missed him. Yeah, oh. <laughs> Switch will be really mad. his hair. Okay. <laughs> But expect Coco to fly over your house sometime soon. He'll track you down, I'm sure. So You may leave a vapor trail and sign your name. And, <laughs> with a hot. With a hot. Uh, let's, uh, <laughs> let's clap for Susan. Let's, uh, thank thank you. you for joining us and for putting up with us. And we'll talk to you very soon, okay? I love it when we get super fans on the air. This is good. Right, good, yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, why don't we do this while we take a commercial break now? And uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. 
There's a monster in Tokyo Bay, hundreds of feet tall and breathing fire. It's able to destroy whole cities, sink entire battle fleets, and knock swarms of jet fighters from the sky. But there's another even more dangerous resident of the bay. A secretive psychopath intent on covering the planet with nuclear-armed booby traps unless the world's population bends to their demands. Meanwhile, a mysterious group of reborn medieval warriors has taken to the air. Strange signals are being picked up from outer space, and witnesses report seeing hundreds of ghost planes flying in the night skies over Tokyo. Sailing off the coast of Japan aboard the United American Navy's mega aircraft carrier, the USS USA, it's Hawk Hunter, the wingman. He must investigate these unusual occurrences while trying to thwart the criminal's apoplectic plan. But will his actions save the planet or lead to World War IV? Find out in Akaloni's exciting new novel, The Jericho Storm. Filled with dozens of dogfights, sea battles, and brutal hand-to-hand -hand combat, The Jericho Storm is book 21 in Mac's best-selling Wingman series. Team up with Hawk's longtime allies, as well as a few new ones, including fighter pilots Switchblade Steve Ward and Jocko Johnson. That's Wingman 21, The Jericho Storm. On sale now at your local bookstore and on Amazon. Our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Well, what show we have for you tonight? Let me introduce the members of the posse. Uh, girls, very famous Juan Juan is here. Hello, girls. Hello, Mac. Happy to be here, of course. I, I, as you know, I live for this. Yes, you've told us that many times. You get the Tojo mm -hmm. glasses on tonight. What's going on? Is it? Yeah, Kojo. Pearl Harbor Day? I said Tojo, but that's inappropriate. <laughs> uh, let's move on. I'm sorry, Mills Gills and Gigi Gills. No Coco tonight. He's out saving the world. Um, Switch is not with us tonight because he's moving his headquarters. However, with us tonight is uh, Security Chief Willie Club. WC, how are you doing? Hi, Mac. Hi, folks. Again, oh, you, you gave a hint as to uh, Switch. You said he's moving his headquarters. Headquarters, yeah. So he's out Want to read into that? The hair group. Okay. <laughs> nice Good close. one. Okay, not bad. Hang on. Where's my rim shot sound effect? Also up in Sideways, New York, is our favorite good witch, Raven, is with us. Hello, Raven. Hi, my friends. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. Fourth week of the uh, new hairdo, so we're a month in, and it looks spectacular. Fabulous. Oh, it really you. does. Appreciate it. Okay. So we're embarrassing our guests, I'm sure. Uh, in the, uh, not in the studio, in the virtual studio with us is uh, Jason Hewitt, who is a uh, paranormal writer. What, is that a good way to describe you? That's a that's a pretty paranormal writer and filmmaker, YouTuber, filmmaker, all of the above, I guess. Okay, <laughs> good, Jason. And and where are you right now? I'm up in Kamloops, British Columbia, Canada. Wow, actually. you're in Canada. Okay, nice. good for you. Okay, we might be visiting you soon, if you know what I mean. But look, it. I have to describe. I have to paint the picture here. Uh, that he's in this like fabulous studio. It looks uh, really really nice, except for one problem. He has a poster of. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't even want to say the name of the uh, movie. Okay, Pulp he Fiction. He has a great poster Pulp. of Pulp Fiction and Fight Club. And, and I can't tell what the other one is because my vision. What's is the so other horrible. one? Fight Club. Too. Last Action Hero. <laughs> that's the other okay, one. That, that's not a bad movie. Okay, that's not a bad movie. I will. I will give you that. You know. You know who's really good in that is uh, Roseanne's husband. All of a sudden, he had. Isn't Tom Arnold in that? Him and Schwarzenegger. Or am I might think of a different movie. 
he was in True Lies, I believe. True Lies. Uh, what, what are we Arnold. talking about? Yeah, then? which is right after this one. Okay, A Great American Hero. What's that one about? Who's in that? That's it's Schwarzenegger. It's, I, no one was really big in that one, um, but it was the one where they broke the fourth wall. The kid gets the magic movie ticket and brings Schwarzenegger into the real world, or he goes into the movie or something like that. It, it was. It's not one of Arnold's finest, but it's it's okay. I'm not familiar with it. Hang on, the, yeah, no was, one knows. what I mean. It came out against it Jurassic Park no like about the same week, and everyone just went. Oh, oh really? Yeah, bad yeah. timing. Bad timing. Uh, bad so, timing. Uh, but True Lies is actually a really good movie. You know, I mean, I suppose it had to happen sometime. But Tom Arnold, who the hell knew? You know, he's actually good in that movie, and so is uh, Schwarzenegger. And uh, isn't Jamie Curtis in that too? Yeah, Jamie yeah, Lee Curtis is in, in that. Too. Yeah. Now, I'll go to any movie that Jamie Lee Curtis is. There was a there was a oh, time. Yeah. There was a time. You know that she was born. Oof. She was born with her brother on her shoulder. You hear that story? She was what? Yeah, maybe it's another show. But <laughs> she also went to Skidmore up in Saratoga, where I lived, and they said they had a scraper off the bar almost every night, which wasn't really unusual. But listen, let's get to the heart of the matter here. So, uh, Jason, who up there in just give me a fish called Wanda any day of the week. That's a real, that's also a good movie. That's also so you've named oh, yeah. three good movies in a row. Um, Jason Hewitt, I was going to, uh, my joke was, didn't you do my taxes last week? But I think only club would get it. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> Jason Hewitt. You don't up there want me anywhere near math, any math equation. Okay, all right, we, should, we have that in common. So he, he's, here's the thing about this story. And like I said, I saw it somewhere on TV. I read about it, and I said, this is really creepy. So I'll just give the thumbnail. There's a house in New Jersey that has been bought and sold, bought and sold by several parties. And everyone, or at least the last people who move in there, have been getting these creepy letters, very personal letters over the years, telling the people to move up because the place is haunted. Is that the thumbnail? That's a pretty good thumbnail, yeah. Like the, it was the, the last real thumbnail. Derek and Maria Broadus were the ones in 2014 who moved into it. Um, they didn't, actually, they didn't even technically like bought it, and they, they sort of moved their belongings in and started doing renovations, but they hadn't physically moved into the structure yet. And okay. they, the, the one night... Derek was finishing up and he came outside and there's a letter addressed, you know, to the new owner and he picked it up and it was from this, the watcher hmm. and basically outlined that he was the latest in a long line of people who were tasked with watching this house and keeping tabs on who lived in there. And it just kind of escalated from there to a num series of letters mm -hmm. that are just, they got increasingly more disturbing and, mm -hmm. and threatening mm -hmm. without being directly threatening. Do you know what I mean? Sure. And it's, yeah, it's, it was a, I first heard about it like back in 2018. There was an article in like New York Magazine or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then when, because I do this, one of the shows I do on YouTube is called Hunting the Haunted, where we typically look at haunted house cases like Amityville and Enfield and kind of dissect them. I thought it was good to do The Watcher just because it, it's such a creepy, true life story. You yes. know, no ghosts maybe, but it's yes. it's chilling. Yeah, yeah. So where is the house exactly? Westfield, New Jersey, from mm -hmm. what I understand, okay. which is a pretty affluent neighborhood oh, in really? New Jersey. Okay. Yep. Um, I mean, the house, I think the, this couple bought it for $1.3 million or something Ooh, like well, that. That's... It's a Dutch colonial. That's well, affluent. Like the Amityville house. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And uh, the, I guess one of the theories is that they couldn't afford it in the end, and maybe it was them that were writing these letters. Oh, wow. wow this is a twist. It. Yeah. Oh, wow. Usually you have people from New Jersey, you ask them, what exit are you from? So they must be out in West Jersey somewhere where there is. Uh, you know, Jason, can I ask on, on this? It also sounds like a situation where maybe someone lived in that house before and they wanted to get it back. Maybe for one reason or other, they, they had to leave that house. But that it almost sounds like, you know, someone 
had a motive of trying to scare people out of this. Well, they, they would could, they know, would get a hold of that. They're doing a good job at it. Didn't some of the letters get like really personal where they knew what was in people's rooms and and what they well, were yeah. doing and stuff? It's strange. Where where is the one? I'm gonna see if I can find it. Um, because they 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 identified that this family had three kids, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so one of the letters is like literally, do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for your growing family? Or was it greed to bring your children? Once I know their names, I will call out to them. Yes. Like I'll call them to me. And then there's even a statement where you let them play in the basement because if you do, they, you won't be able to hear their screams in time. You know, something along that line. Like, I mean, it's getting man, oh, man. intense wow. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. So like Barry says, was it someone who lived there before? I don't know. They identified that the grand grandfather, great-grandfather watched it, and then the father watched it. And now it's this person's task to watch it. Mm -hmm. um, there were other the family that lived in it before, which I think was the Woods, is they received a letter, mm -hmm. but never bothered to let this family know about the letter. And then apparently a neighbor might have, too, in one of the accounts I read when I was kind of researching the story. So there were other letters around. Mm -hmm. um, but it seemed like this family was the one that specifically seemed to get the majority of them. Right. And, and, and so the, the, the um, perpetrator's point of view is that somehow, some way that he has been tasked with watching this house at, just as his father had been and his grandfather had been. So this has been something that's been going on you know, for quite a while. So if that's the case, it seems like a long way to go just to kick someone out of a house that keeps getting sold, right? Well, and it, that's why it's, there's kind of the question, like, did it really go back that far? Or was that just a threat, like oh, from some saying. kind of delusional mind, right? Yes. Like it could have been just someone trying to just kick something, have something against the broadest is moving in. Maybe it was someone who had a counter bid that they lost out. You know what I mean? So they're mm. trying to scare them mm -hmm. out of the home. Right, right, um, right. Did the letters the family, start? I guess, hired a private detective to look okay. into it too, to try to find out the identity and they never well, did. That was a waste of money probably. Did it did it start with the with the broadasses? I hate to say that word, but is that how you say their name? The broadasses. Broad, yeah, I think it's something that's like broad with a second D and then as. It was kind of to pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, like listen, a I grew up with a lot of broadasses, so I can say. So, so were they the first people to get the real threatening letters, or were there letters before they moved in? The previous family, the Woods, has said they received a letter, only <laughs> one. But they'd lived there for twenty years and just received one letter. Yeah, and yeah. And didn't seem to take it that seriously. Where this couple got it almost right away, right. and then received at least two, three, four more after the fact. They finally just said, forget it. We're not moving in. Yeah. And they decided to put it back up on the market. That's mm -hmm. what took, yeah, well, that's what it took, huh? Go ahead, Raven, please. Good move. Sorry. Um, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, the Woods's letter was like, like thanking them for taking care of the house. Like it was like, it was not threatening. to them, it wasn't really a big deal. And they, I, I'm sure they thought nothing of it. Mm -hmm. And they were just like, oh, this is weird. And that was the end of it. Yeah, yeah. Which is why they didn't mention it to the family, when to the, the broadest when they wanted to get it. Yeah, exactly. you're, you're right, Ray. Yeah, right. They were just like, oh, okay, yeah, some weirdo said thanks. Like, Happens bye. every day. Yeah, right. <laughs> is there a follow-up to that? Now, if someone else bought the house, do we know whether the new owners have been receiving any of those threatening uh, letters is it continuing no it, it hasn't and that's that's what's sort of weird because the last real the most recent was like a cnn story saying you know this family has sold it mm -hmm. um and then it kind of stops there although there was an in-depth interview with derek brought us i guess what had happened at one point other people in the neighborhood started receiving similar letters Mm. after all this had started but derek admitted at the end that he sent those letters out oh wow holy cow right but he'd become obsessed with the watcher and was you know kind of disturbed by it and was trying to just i guess get more attention or just i don't know it was weird it was that's kind of how the article ended on that kind of weird note which mm -hmm. is why a lot of people think and i kind of lean towards that they made this they realized maybe they got in too deep into a house they couldn't afford yep 
and we can get insurance money, maybe even sell a book because you're a book or a movie, right? You know what I mean? Oh, that's, wow. that's what happens with stories like this. That's it makes the press, right? Yep. Yep. So they, yeah, they creep people out enough and right. everyone yeah, has that morbid curiosity. Look at look, yeah. that's a prime exactly. Yep. Yep. It, exactly. That's what came to my mind too. Even a similar style of house, right? The Dutch colonial yeah, family moves in, doesn't stay very long. Yep. Yep. Seems very much to play on. And Amityville Horror is a lot of people believe it to be a hoax as well, right? I mean, and I'm kind of lent, lean towards that too. The, um, uh, just a, a fun fact, um, Lois Lane used to babysit for the lead detective on the Amityville Horror case. Did she really? Okay. Really? Uh, but anyway, um, what did the cops do? Hey, did the cops do anything in this? Are the postal authorities? They did hire the, they got the police involved. I think that's when they, they kind of, the Woodses, there was kind of a lawsuit against the Woodses at one point that uh -huh. just basically didn't go anywhere. There was the police kind of got involved. So did a, like a private detective who used to work for the FBI. And they kind of just didn't really, they came up with a bit of a profile to who this person could be. They figured it was someone who was older, yep. had a grudge against, you know, wealthy people mm. um, and deemed, pro I don't know where this came from, but just deemed that this person probably wouldn't act on their threats, but it was more just to scare. Right. Sounds like Juan Juan, to tell you the truth. It sounds like his uh, <laughs> MO. So, so was it, was it someone in the neighborhood? So they think they don't they never did conclusively decided yeah. who it was right that it was there might they might have had one other neighbor who could have been a suspect mm -hmm. but nothing that went anywhere like, there's never any hard evidence to contract down to any one particular person right yeah yeah see if i was the, the private end, detective i would have i would have just drawn a circle around the house and identified everyone who could see it you know through binoculars or without binoculars and just see who was in the range of vision because it seems to me I could just see some nut there at the window, you know, looking at this place some binoculars from two blocks away or whatever. But it's a, it would be an odd way to try to sell your house to, you know, to make it as creepy as that. And, and if, if if you should go in and look into the printed uh, stories about this because they do get into depth about some of the letters that were left. And that was a creepy one that you, you read. But there were a lot of really creepy stuff here and people were saying, how does this person know this? So which really lends to, to the idea that maybe it was an inside job. It does. See, there's the, there's, oh, so go ahead, Raven. I'm sorry. Um, my only thing about like thinking it's an inside job is there's one letter that skeeves me out like to no end. I get the heaves. And they're specifically talking about their one daughter that's mm. painting on the sun porch, yeah, whatever yeah. rich people have. Yep. And I don't, I like to think, and maybe it's naive that a parent wouldn't go that far mm. to write something that's that disturbing. You're right. Yeah. You know mm. what I mean? Like, and maybe I'm wrong. How about a relative? A relative? I, at this point, it's like, I don't even want to know because it's so creepy, but How about I a, hope that that wouldn't be the parents. How about a creepy uncle? No. Creepy aunt. Yeah, no creepy. It's, 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 I guess as a parent myself, I don't know. I couldn't do it, but if, I, maybe if you're that desperate for cash or fame or that big of a sociopath, you would, right? Like, yeah. it, it's, that is a the step other letter says that there's like hundreds of people walk or drive by a day. Like, you know what I mean? I could be any one of them. Mm. There's that kind of line. So it could be just a person who walked by every day and just kind of really kept tabs or several times a day. And how did they I mean, not uh, trace the uh, the letter back? You know, I, I, can't they do that these days? Or maybe they just didn't put some uh, resources into it. But obviously there was no return address, you know. So yeah. I thought they'd be trace the postmark. Trace the postmark. No, somebody like could write a letter and mail it anywhere. It was just, that's or it was just left. It was just left, even right. Oh, just left. Kind of Ooh, left. Oh, that's even it. But you think there could even be fingerprint? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah it was... could be done of that. You know, if I was an investigator, I first thing I'd be looking for is the purchaser. All right. First of all, because the letters stopped, mm -hmm. I'd want to know if that person that purchased the property purchased it at a discount. You might say because of it. You know that that million three maybe ended up that the, the mm -hmm. new buyer got it a million one. Oh, yeah. Yep. But yep. boy, I. 
I'd put on my private detective's hat and I'd, I'd go all over that person that purchased the house and see if you could find something there because to me, that's that's what it sounds like. Yeah, it's a creepy way to sell the house, but I know some real estate people. And well, this is the buyer. This is a purchaser. Yeah. You know, this is the buyer driving the existing owner out. Yeah, he's trying yeah. to drive him out, and yeah. and of course would get a, a better price. Yeah, yeah. So I'd like to know, you know, how much that was purchased for by the new buyer. You know, all that information. Did that buyer, the new buyer, actually make money on the deal? You know. Yeah, it's a gambit. I think the family took a four hundred thousand dollar loss. Property brought us to try to buy it. I mean, there's so many things. Well, there it is. Sure. There's the answer. Well, they took you. they took a four hundred thousand dollar loss in selling the house. That's a bite. That's a bite. Even though if you're buying one point yeah, three million dollar houses, that's pretty yeah. big. So let me let me ask this. Uh, wrap, wrapping up here, Jason. So uh, you you mentioned you had two yeah, YouTube. Um, I don't know what do you call it. What, what's the, what's the name of it again? Haunting the Haunted. That's what I wrote down. Haunting the Haunted. That was the show, yeah. Haunting okay. the Haunted. It's on the Paranormal Network. I do Hunting. a few different oh. shows on there. I think we're um, on. I think Hunting we're on that. Where we investigated um, the the uh, the Watcher House and oh, we right. looked at other like Enfield Poltergeist, Amityville Horror, oh, the yeah. Amherst Mystery, those kind of things. We right. looked into those specific kind of stories. Uh, and how long have you been doing this? I've been I've been running the channel for just about a year a year now. Mm -hmm. I've been a paranormal investigator for about eighteen years up here in Canada. Really? Yeah. Oh. What's um, the weirdest so thing you've done? And writing books. I've the book. I've done two books have come out so far. A third one on the way. Oh, really? Through Beyond the Fray Publishing. So I've kind of fortunately found myself in a position where I could kind of do this full time. Yep. Which Good has been you. kind of nice. Cool. So, so you're a writer. So welcome to the uh, Brotherhood of the Miserable. So, but, right? Yeah. <laughs> in the in the what's the name of the books? Now I have to throw this. Show. What are the name of the books? Plug the books, please. The first book is called I Want to Believe, One Man's Journey into the Paranormal, uh, and the, which is about an investigator named Peter Rand who's been doing this for 30 years all over the world, so it's his story. Mm -hmm. uh, the second book is I Want to Believe, an Investigator's Archive, where we talk to like 22 different paranormal investigators, filmmakers, cryptozoologists, just t telling their stories and mm -hmm, exploring cool. their method and what kind of cool things they've been up to. That's so those a are cool the two idea. Books. Yeah, right. That's great. And um, what's, the, what's the creepiest thing you've ever come across in your 18 years of doing this? I was there's a local sanitarium up here uh, where I we live love sanitariums. Canada. Yes, sir. We, yeah, they're and it's been closed, right? They decommissioned all of them and let everyone out in the 80s. Yes, uh, and there's been a number of stories around it, and so I was exploring down in the tunnel system underneath. That's nuts. Uh, which is scary. Yes, in its own right. That's awesome. I went through a door, uh, a doorway. As we're kind of going to leave uh, my fellow investigator and I into what was called a laundry building. We we're deciding if we want to go back to the surface and back to vehicle that way or return through the tunnels. Okay. Um, we decided to do the tunnels one last time. I turned around. Opened the door, which there's no airflow. They're not like you know spring-loaded doors yep. or anything. I got it about a quarter of the way open, and it slammed shut with enough force that like I'm six one, 195 pounds, and I threw, went right into that door. Really? Wow. Ran the other direction. Up, 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 up <laughs> you did run in the other direction. Yep. You would have had to keep up with me because I've been running too. So what? Yep. What? That's the kind of stuff that keeps you awake at night. In other words, right? It is, yeah, it is, and have that happen to you is just kind of—it's a whole new perspective. It's on, crazy. On yeah. Has yeah. that sanitarium been converted to condos, like the place in Danvers, Matt? There's a place near us. That customer that lives there. Yeah. They live yeah, in they condos. They keep trying to, but it's nothing sells out at this this location, Tronkiel Sanitarium. No matter what they yeah. do, it's been closed thirty years. No matter what they do, really? they, nothing oh, goes. Nobody's through. rehabbed it and that. tried to, they should try probably, to make it a living place. They should probably they change the name. They keep trying oh. over and over. Again. I knew the person who was the caretaker at the time. That's how I got in, right? And they're trying to turn into condos. Right now, they're trying to do. You know, a haunted maze. They're kind of looking at a haunted maze experience, but they, oh, they can't get it out of the agricultural land reserve, right, to do anything oh, to oh, it. And so this old facility is just decaying. Wow, it's makes it's it even makes featured it even in movies. Um, oh, like cool. the movie uh, with uh, Liam Neeson, that whole bit in Mexico where they're at the, ho the hospital that was filmed yeah. out there. 
What movie was that? The A Team. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, and then the Harrison Ford movie Firewall. The ending of that was shot out out around there too. So that's so cool. I was uh, in a movie with John Travolta that was filmed at a closed sanitarium uh, state. And I think it was in Wilburn uh, Club. Was it the? No, it was in Waltham. Really? Waltham. Danvers was featured in the movie. Going it down because I don't know. Yeah, Waltham. I'm sorry. It's when they polluted all the water in Waltham there, and all the kids get sick. But in in oh yeah, yeah. in Danvers, Mass. This is where we are kind of located. Jason is. Oh my God. That's, that's it's crazy. a state. There's a there's a place. It was a, it was a state hospital up on a hill in Danvers, which is a suburb yep. of Boston, and you could so you see, see it, it looked, from the highway. It looked like a castle. I mean, it looked like mm-hmm. a big extensive Get castle. Those pointed buildings, spires, oh, okay. you know. And it was like a horror house. It was a horror house. It turned, you know, they found the bodies buried there and, you know, just the works. It was just this horrible you know, They auctioned off the place. hospital equipment where they performed lobotomies, you know, the, yeah, just the big not... overhead lights and uh, Ugh, God, the equipment awful. they auctioned it off to somebody. So they know. turned them into. Somebody cl- bought it, according to a guy I met who was uh, doing construction there. They did. Yeah, well, they had all kinds of problems doing the construction. I know that. Yeah. And then. They turned them into condos, and people moved in, and, and, and there's been nothing but trouble there. They've, like, all kinds of crazy stuff happens there. People have been moving. I don't think they ever sold them all. They might have. They're expensive. Well, they added on to this, the place, really? too. And mm-hmm. one of my IT customers that I have lives in one of the old buildings at the top floor that oh. has the pointed roof. The spire, yeah. He said with all the, the, the people that come in and, and buy or rent, I think they're they're all purchase condos Go ahead. they give you this pillow and it says boo on it i saw the pillow <laughs> wow that's, uh, i know they may want to change that <laughs> the, the property manager gives you that as really a, as yeah okay welcome in other awesome. words don't, don't call <laughs> me when we you know now. someone scares the crap out of you so anyway hey listen let's give him a round of applause because that was interesting and let's uh, come back guys. on you know we'll uh, keep yeah. in, keep uh, you know in touch and we'll uh, whenever you come on and some really kind of cool story come on anytime and uh, talk to us about it okay I'd love to do that. Okay. I, that'd be great. Thank you so I, thank much, you. everyone. But take those posters Jason, down. You got good taste in movies. Those posters have that's to. Yeah. No, he sure. doesn't. The, Don't. I got that movie poster. That's the one with uh, me here on the bed reading the uh, the book, right? And it's yeah. got the, the credits, all the characters on the bottom. And Listen, yeah. why? Quentin why? Tarantino. You know he's so the funny? man. He's my man. Quentin. I have a Fight Club poster right in front of the desk I'm sitting at. Okay. Oh, that's Dude. brilliant. Okay. I would get up and show you, but it'd be like a whole thing. The whole thing. Move the desk Next show. But listen, listen, we can do a whole show on this, but I can go shot for shot, scene by scene, and I will tell you why Pulp okay. Fiction is a crappy movie, okay? Oh, and why he's dude. a crappy <laughs> director. He's, terrible. he's really terrible. Because he's terrible. He's sincere, but he's funny. But how, we have to go through this every freaking show. He, you know, <laughs> Look yeah, at the, put what's, him on the list. What's the, movie? The, the movie what's the movie? The special movie show. What's the movie with the with the Manson murders there? That what stupid stupid. Once upon a time in Hollywood. That was awesome like, movie. I watched it about ten times. Terrible, right, Jason? Terrible, right, Jason? Right. Terrible. It, no, I, I, it's it's Tarantino. I pretty much uh, like everything but Jackie Brown. Unbelievable. So, you know, I so, like Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown, Jackie I think Brown. it's all. Listen, we gotta go, but I listen really to like me. Jackie Brown. Remember, Especially always remember. Soundtrack. Always remember. Well, it, in that movie, like in that movie, for two minutes straight, all he did was show that girl's boots walking on Hollywood Avenue. Two minutes is a long time in a movie, my friends. I learned that in film school. Are you talking about Hollywood or are you talking about Jackie Brown? No, Hollywood and uh, you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is the stupidest ending in the world. But why do we have to be involved with his foot fetishism? Why, why does he have to suck us into that black hole? 
I don't know. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, I got I, 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 one pin is already down on the post. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so we and, we have to watch whatever he wants. That's and right. That girl who paying. played uh, pussy. The All right, one, hang on. The hang one on. that Brad Pitt picks up in the hitchhiking. Yeah. She said she hates the look of her feet, and she was reluctant to do that with her feet up on the windowsill. <laughs> and she does have pretty ugly feet. See, so he's sick, she decided too. to do it, he's and, uh, you know, yeah, great yeah. reviews on her feet. Yeah, okay. Hey, you're not going to pay me that much. You just you gave him one. Her care. young girl, she had awful feet. Okay, let's go. All right, so thank you very much. Thank you, and thank you for doing my taxes. I appreciate it, and we'll talk to you very soon, okay? Thank you. Sounds good, right. Matt. Thanks, everybody. Right. Why don't we, uh, thank you. Thanks, Jason, for being on. Right. Okay. Take a it commercial break now. And we'll tune into your YouTube channel. Right. Perfect. Thank you. All right, you got it. Hunting the Haunted. Bye, guys. Uh, we're going to take a commercial break now, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Saw Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. It's early medieval Europe. Norse marauders are pouring down from the north. Steppe riders threaten from the east, and Moorish raiders are surging up from the south. Now, as the Vikings plan an invasion of Ireland, the country's aging king must somehow protect his nation. But who is up to the task? Nordic sagas tell us an obscure and unlikely hero arises to save his people. Wolf of Clontarf leaps into history as a nightmare to the Norse and avenger for the Celts. It's Vikings meets Braveheart as this legendary Irish warrior, some medieval special operations forces, and a young woman spy help the Irish king defeat the Viking invaders. It's a tale spanning 15 years and leading up to the most decisive battle of the Middle Ages. That's Wolf of Clontarf, a new novel from Thomas J. Howley, now on Amazon. Tracks on show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac. I'm really what a show we have for you tonight. But first, uh, I'll introduce the gang. Uh, girls, are very famous. One one is here. Hello, Mac. Hello, girls. Welcome to the, the continuation of the show. If you, you can... missed the first part of it, yes, don't worry. You can get it again. You can get it again. That's what she said. We archive. We archive it. Uh, it, it. Yes and no. Has the um, blanket behind you been laundered yet, or what? Uh, no, no, huh? wow, still collecting dust. Yeah, yeah, I haven't dust. taken it down. And, <laughs> You'd be and lucky if that's it all yet. it's collecting. It looks like he's getting a coat on his tongue, man. That's how bad that thing's getting. I, I think I'll wash it after the uh, European tour. Is oh, completed. good idea. Okay, sounds like a plan. Which uh, starts on my birthday, by the way. Okay, in June. All right, thanks. For, thanks for sharing that. Well, listen, I have to give everyone the uh, the bad news is that uh, Coco's not here tonight, out saving the world. Uh, Switchy's not here tonight, moving his headquarters. But our security chief is here tonight, Willie Club. Whitey, how you doing? I mean, Willie. Hey, Mac, I'm doing great. Uh, how's everyone else doing? Everybody's good here. I'm good. You should yeah, know. Yeah, it's a great show so far, but I do have to, as security chief, give a warning. Okay. Yeah, you might want to avoid the uh, top 10 that we covered tonight. Uh, <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? It, it was, it was uh, I don't know. A little too I, close it, to the Maybe okay. it was me, but it... Uh, 
really went over like a lead balloon. You know, it reminded <laughs> oh, so me of the old Johnny Carson. Uh, wow, I thought it was for content, so it's for laugh. But I, uh, yeah. but I just wanted to alert, alert okay. folks ahead of time. Thank you, Willie. Okay, have everybody skip over it. You know, I bought this guy lunch yesterday. All right, and we meet in the parking lot, and and I had I almost ducked under my car. Why do you bulge? It? Come back to life. You know? Oh, well, no, it's Willie. Yeah, That's a local he's joke. After me now. Right. Anyway, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, don't bring that. <laughs> Uh, with us tonight, hopefully will save us, is our favorite good witch up there in Sideways New York. Raven is with us. Raven, how are you, Raven? Hi. I'm very good. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. All right. Should we go now? Should we go through the list now of all the Hollywood stars you look like? It's Renona Ryda. It's the woman from Friends. Who else did want one? You have a list. Oh, you Linda Ronstadt. Oh. Linda Ronstadt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I didn't like that one. No. Why? No, we're not talking like about that like one. Linda Ronstadt? No, I don't no. like that one. The young okay. Linda Ronstadt. Okay. Oh, okay. yeah. Put that definitely. Okay, now we're talking. Uh, also joining us tonight is our good friend Jason Hewitt up there in British Columbia, Canada. Jason, how you doing? I'm doing great, Mac. Thanks okay. for having me back. Jason has a uh, YouTube uh, broadcast called Hunting the Haunted, right? That's right. Okay. Now, did you go to school for this? You have, you have a radio voice. Did you? Are you trained in uh, radio or just come about naturally? I think it just happened naturally. Mm. <laughs> just was lucky that way. I did media for a while, but not. I did print media. So. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! Well, yeah. that doesn't count. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> some people just have it. Some people don't. And when we have people on the show who have it, you can tell that we don't. Not all of us, anyway. Raven, you're always perfect. Uh, also joining us tonight, we can call him Doctor, but he can't call himself Doctor. Is Doctor Simeon Hine? Doctor Sim, how are you? Hey guys, how's it going tonight? Hi, Doctor. Okay. Hey there. So we're going to call you doctor all night, whether you like it or not. So, so where are you? You look like, as Raven said, in some cozy cafe somewhere. Where, yeah, where are you? you look so cozy. Cozy is the word. No, I'm outside. Uh, I'm coming tonight from Boulder, Colorado. Oh. You can see the Rockies are just out there. Oh, there wow. they are. That's where all the hippies uh, ever since, Ever since things have been closing earlier uh -huh. in Boulder, at least, I'm sure, everywhere. Okay. And so these coffee shops, you would have been right, Raven. These coffee shops would have been open until 7 in the good old days and now they close at four or five really and it's past that time here so i'm just doing this outside with the wonders of modern technology i can yes. have my own wi-fi on my phone and okay interesting they're doing it do without their permission interview yes. nice. did you get permission or no <laughs> permission, permission from that no okay yeah from whom from the black from the cafe. government don't be, uh, the, the no, I'm using on. my phone. As, okay. I am using my own phone as well. But you're sitting in their cafe. Yeah, I, did so, you get permission? No, no. I actually asked them about this. They, this is the, the chairs that you see out here are owned by the owners yes. of the shopping these plaza. Are, it's not their oh, particular. Okay. Their chairs all the lock chairs. These are the right. of money. Okay. Well, if you see anyone who looks interesting walking by, ask them if they've seen a UFO. If they have, drag them on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do, and that's it's funny. You're joking, but I do ask people about that. You and don't. even the owner of the cafe right nearby that's closed. Uh huh. Okay. He told me once he asked me what I did, and I told him, and he said he had seen something as a kid outside his window in, in the sky. It Ooh. looked like three lights, but they started to spin around the center. Mm. Mm. Everyone has faster, a story, you know. Faster. Yeah, yeah. And he said to me, "I'm a believer." Wow. Huh. Hmm. Everyone, you know, it's it's amazing. Sometimes you run into people and you think, not in a million years will you hear this story from them, and you hear stories like that. You know, it's they just never had a chance to tell anyone. But way. then we exactly ask right. the ultimate question, Mac. What? We ask the ultimate question. What? Why do they have lights? Why do they have lights? Why do UFOs have lights? Hmm. It's a simple question. It's Why do UFOs have lights? Oh, we now, don't. But... 
well, we don't know if they're lights. They give off light. We don't know right. what they are really. Right. Yeah, but, they give but off light. They, they do glow. It. They definitely glow. They do, yeah, some they glow. Them. They have some kind of, and, and there's a lot of encounters where people, you know, see an amber light, a red light, a green light. And, you know, so we say, well, if they can do all these unbelievable things, why would they have lights, you know? But you're right. Then we're not sure they're lights. They look like lights, right. and they do glow. You're, you're correct on that. So anyway, so... Um, well, what's new with you? Should I? Should we even ask? I mean, you're all over YouTube. This is you, Sim, right? You're all over YouTube. You put things up once a week or so, do you? Yeah, I, I, I have to be honest here. I haven't been put up. I haven't been putting up as many videos because I'm working on a new book. Uh oh. And I just been so focused on finishing this book, and it, it's. Uh, I, I won't say too much about it, and we can talk again at another time when sure. it's done. Okay. But it does have to do with exactly what Juan asked a few seconds ago what? about lights. Why do oh. we find these strange lights around cryptids, Bigfoot, Dogman, mm -hmm. these creatures that people report, that reports go back many centuries. But <laughs> why if they were just an undiscovered type of species or yep. undiscovered human or something why would you get orbs and light, you know, strange phenomena? So that's what the book is about is my right. attempt to kind of bring some of the phenomena we've seen around UFOs mm -hmm. to the discussion of Bigfoot. Yes, Super right. controversial, but I figured I had to wade in here. So I've been really focused on that mm -hmm. for the past couple months, and I'm hoping to be done in a few weeks with the writing and this format and put it up on uh, Amazon, on Kindle for people to read and you know see what they think. Right, right. So how long did it take you to write it? Uh, I started last, I guess I started last fall. Mm -hmm. uh, because I, I've been really looking into ball lightning. Yes. And, you know, the research on this, it gets rewritten and rewritten because everyone forgets that other people already studied it going yep. back 250 years. So I've been going into the history of ball lightning. Yep. And what I have found is that what they reported out at Skinwalker Ranch and some of these sites that have anomalous phenomena, people have been reporting this for hundreds of right. years. It's yeah. not new. Not it is going on it. Yeah, so you get the idea. So I realized, whoa, this we've been forgetting the history of these topics. People have been studying these, all the topics that you guys like and that I like. People have been studying this over and over mm -hmm. again, and we forget it, and then it gets reinvented. Yeah, that's So weird. I've been going back into, yeah, looking at all the hmm. great research from different other countries, Japan, Russia. They're great researchers. Wow. We'll talk about this at another time. Sure. But I found so many parallels between the phenomena that I study, remote viewing. Yep. And ball lightning and bigfoot i said whoa there is something going on here that we haven't been paying attention to mm -hmm. another state of matter so, something that is, science yes. yeah ball? and this is what we're looking at are we surrounded by another state of matter that we don't understand very well and oh. therefore just like the topic of ufos we don't talk about it right and people now let me ask you where to go to talk about it so you get, you get the idea. Okay, uh, yeah, maybe not, but let me ask you this. So when you, uh, you're not saying like another dimension that we can't see, because a lot of people said that there's another dimension we just can't see it. It's much smaller than you know all the other. And then that, that's where they lose me. But but you're saying another state of matter is surrounds us and we can't see it. We can't. We just interact with it every once in a while or something like that. Yeah, no, it's it's in the book. I'm calling it a fifth state of matter, hmm. and there's so much science behind it, but none of those physicists ever talked about it yep. outside of their disciplines. And when I looked at what they were encountering in the lab, and what people are encountering out in the field, yep. I said this doesn't a hundred percent explain 
explain it. I'm not trying to do it. It's not a reductionist attempt to explain this all the way. I'm just saying some of this is what people have been experiencing the whole time mm-hmm. around various phenomena, including ball lightning, that our lack of understanding of these subjects is because we won't talk about it as a society. Right. We push it away and we marginalize it. And the people in Congress have said this has been happening with the Navy UFO sightings. Right. And, and Matt, you, you guys all understand this. We've marginalized these topics and ostracized and stigmatized them to the yeah. point where people won't talk about it except after a few beers, pilots, Uh-oh. military people. You, you guys know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. Hey, listen, Ghosts, it's, uh, it's the cuckoo factor, cryptids. you know? It, it, yeah, and yeah. this is what I'm arguing, and I've realized it, it's a double-fold thing. It's a new type of science we're not that familiar with. Yep. And double whammy, people won't talk about their anomalous experiences because they're afraid of how their neighbors are going to react. Yes. Even if they had a real and, – and the scarier the encounter, the less likely they are to even talk about it. Interesting. And I can say that as a sociologist of a reason why our society is not – up to speed with these topics right it's because of the stigma the the, you know, the factor which what did you call it the, the second ago the what factor the cuckoo factor the i mean factor. you know they went through they went, yeah, yes they went to to, to in, in the early 50s they basically you know when they got the cia involved in ufo research or whatever the cia said well what we have to do is we have to make it so anyone who sees these things reports these things have to be made fun of you know they have to be made out to be kooks right. because we don't want anyone taking this seriously because their their point of view was that these were secret aircraft and they didn't want people reporting where they were flying, what time, how high, and all that stuff. Okay, but it applied to all UFOs, and so that's what happens is that no matter what, if you go on to and I'll bring this back to when I first saw the report about the um, Tic Tac videos. Okay, that that it was in December of maybe three or four years ago now. So on ABC, Good Morning America, and it was like the first time I've watched that crappy show in, seriously, 20 years. But I happened to watch it, and they're showing it. And I'm like, everyone else, whoa, this is, I'm freaking out here. They go back to the bubble-headed chick. I hate to be like that, but that's how, what she is. Sorry, Raven. Black Oak. Raven's mic is muted. She's hopefully not listening to us. But she's like this bubble-headed, you know, and she goes, I think I saw the Millennium Falcon. And everyone laughed on the set, the cameraman and stuff. And I go, there it is. It's the cookie factor. You know, no one could take it seriously. Plus, that same cookie week, yeah. that same week, Walt Disney, who owns ABC, released their first Star Wars. Okay, so, you know, who knows, you know, what Disney's doing. But no one takes it seriously. No one takes any of this seriously when, if one-tenth of it is true, it's the biggest story ever, you know, when you think about it. I mean, they find some odd, a new matter, something, and that people, that these entities uh I don't know, where do they live in it? Can you tell us the thumbnail, or should we have you back when the book comes out? Uh, no, we'll come back on when I can talk about the whole ideas behind this, all the evidence and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this particular book is mostly focused on Bigfoot encounters, especially oh. people around here who I've talked to who have had it, which, by the way, did not even register on my radar until about a year or two ago. Mm. And I consider myself an open-minded person wow. like some of you do and i heard people talking Soft. about it and it kind of went in there and it didn't click and yes. so i started putting it together so that's sort of in that direction but let's stick with ufos for a second okay. uh people let me tell you something Mac. please there are agencies in the government that take this very seriously mm-hmm. I-, I can tell you i know for a fact they're taking this seriously yep they're taking the abduction seriously they're taking all of it seriously. A guy has been on the podcast circuit recently, a former CIA officer, John mm-hmm. Ramirez, mm-hmm. missile analyst. 
Go ahead. Yeah, GS fifteen, pretty high level. Yep. Yep. In the government, and he 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 has been talking about all of the secret groups that he knew about within the CIA mm-hmm. that were investigating orbs. Mm-hmm. We're investigating UFOs. He didn't actually join these groups because you have to be read in. They're classified. Yep. Yes. And he sent people to them, but he didn't want to actually be read into it because you can't talk about it again. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. But he has permission to talk. If you look him up, he's been on different podcast channels. Uh, one of them recently, John Greenwald, The Black Mold, mm-hmm. which I check into occasionally, and some others. Okay. So I listened to some of these interviews. And he was went through all this in great detail about how this has been of a concern to the U.S. government and other governments since the late 1940s, since Roswell. Okay. So what you're pointing out back is how come we're not having a public discussion right. about this since people see these objects? Right. Sometimes they encounter the inhabitants or the occupants of these craft. We should stop bullshitting around about this right. as a society and just get down to the basic facts or people experience this. It's not that common, but they do experience it. It happens. Yeah, it happens. And mean, we should, it's not all made You made up. a choice. You said to ridicule them, and mm-hmm. we're paying for that now. Yes, we're paying for that. I agree. Simeon, are you familiar now with this new group that the DOD has put together? That Thanks. Back in November, yeah. the Airborne Object Identification Group. Now, supposedly... That group is going to be bring things to light, that they're going to investigate a lot of this phenomena that's out there in the safe airspace. And, um, you know, it sort of sounds like they're consolidating a lot of these other agencies. Um, a lot of the UFO folks seem to be critical of this, that they think it's just another thing to shut people up, that they're really not going to do anything. But just wondering what your thoughts are about that new DOD group, which you know, since they announced yep. it in November, you know, there hasn't been anything else. But it gave a lot of us hope that uh, maybe now some things will come to light. No, thanks for bringing that up. So technically, it's called the AOIMSG, mm, right. another Pentagon acronym, airborne, as you said, <laughs> airborne object identification. And then the second part is management and synchronization group. Cool. So what is too what much is getting? We don't like that part. Yeah, no, I, don't you. I had to look it up right before I t- called you guys to remember what. You know, I'm suspicious of things with long acronym names. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the UAP task force didn't seem too bad to me. I, what is getting synchronized here? Yeah, it's, is yeah, it another else. attempt to push it back in the closet and See? synchronize it so that yep. they have pop sock puppets out there on Twitter creating disinformation? I, you know, I, like you guys, mm. I, I just think we need to bring this out in the open and have a good national public discussion like yes. we do on other topics. I'll just say two I things. don't see why it should remain in the Department of Defense. Now, let's see what happens. Maybe they'll do a good job. Congress, okay, so just to summarize really quickly, yes. Congress after June 25th asked for the UAP task force, to, the DNI, to have, create the UAP task force and then come up with a system to report back to Congress every 90 days or 180 days. Right. And they did that last June 25th, last year, June 25th. They came out with a report. They okay. said they couldn't explain 80% of yep. the cases they studied, which was really small. It was about 170 cases, 140. It's right. a lot yes. that they couldn't explain. Congress came back and said, well, we want you to report back to us every 90 days now, mm-hmm. everything. If you look at the bill, which I read the NDAA about a week ago or two, yes, where they funded this research. Yeah, so they funded the Pentagon to have this program is uh, that you're bringing up, mm-hmm. uh, the AOI MSG barrier that you just brought up. So in this, this, this bill, it says they want the U.S. government to report 
everything they know about UFOs, UAPs, every 90 days. And right. they said everything in there, including black budget programs. Yes, they want yes. it all going back to Congress in a classified form. And they want this new group, this new office within the Pentagon to report back. So let's see. I mean, but, I think we're long overdue for a but, but you're, discussion you're, on this topic because it matters what is going on for the last 70 years. Who's in those objects? I think, okay, so guys, there's what we need to just establish first, that it's real, that this yes. isn't weather balloons, flocks of geese, it misidentifications happens. of the planet Venus and all the other ex- the ice camp. crystals. Yes, yes, ice crystals. That's yes. what they proposed. That's a big one. Ice crystals. Yeah, yeah. That's ice crystals on the can- Psychological on the overload in the cockpit. Yeah, that's so right. So you've all seen the Tic Tac video image. Uh, that doesn't look like ice crystals to me. No. So is this going to be an open discussion? And are we finally going to get out of kindergarten here? No. And have an adult discussion of who's in these objects? What are they doing here? What do we know about them? Does the government know more than it's been saying? The this yes. is where we need to start. All right, guys, a, now, Club has a uh, a segment on the show when he can find some news about this new organization. You know, he comes on and reports about it, and and there is no news. They're turning these things into confidential matters. You don't hear from them. They're not giving this broad kind of you know. Uh, um, intense report to the U.S. government every 90 days. They just keep, and you haven't heard anything from them, and they will paper that over, believe me, for years and years and years. One thing I want to just say to you, Seth, that I want to ask Jason something. So I agree with you that there are people uh, looking into all the strange stuff, the abductions, UFOs, and so on, and I agree with you that they are probably somehow affiliated with the CIA, but I can almost guarantee you that this is this kind of work is contracted out. To people for these little firms that may be uh, put together by ten former CIA agents and stuff like that, they have to. We know this from X being on the show. They have to. That's their plausible deniability. It's not happening within the U.S. government, but we are contracting it out to these various places, like where X used to work, for all these things. We don't want to get involved in that, I believe. So, Jason, I just want to ask you something. So, Sim was talking about how all these weird lights happen around uh, Bigfoot. You are up in British Columbia. What's your experience with Bigfoot? Yep. Anything good? We actually, uh, the group that I'm a part of, we've done a couple of Bigfoot hunts of our own. Um, because I, I grew up, I'm in Bigfoot, right smack dab in the middle of Bigfoot country here. And I mean, I've, I've seen kind of the tree formations myself. I've heard the wood knocks and tried to communicate with wood knocks. Um, when it comes to what Bigfoot is, it, I've recently sort of, I've always sort of looked at it as more of a flesh and blood thing. But there's been enough kind of paranormal-ish encounters, like with the UFOs, et cetera, that I'm kind of opening my mind to the possibility they're related. I, I think I, I guess kind of like your guest was saying, I think they're all all this is interrelated in, in some capacity. Mm-hmm, right. um, I think it's a very natural thing that's been a part of our planet since the beginning. We're just kind of falling out of touch with it and it scares us. We don't want to think about it. Or maybe much. we don't maybe we don't have the um, intellectual capacity to know what's going on, you know? I mean we, we bring up this almost every week, you know, how the how the, on safaris, people go on safaris, they're in the trucks with the cameras and everything, they watch the lions eat the antelopes, right? The, the lions just go out on their on the on their way. They don't even recognize. They they don't have the mental capacity to know these people are on safari. These are cameras. That's a truck. Whatever. They just they're there, but they almost ignore them in a way because they can't understand it. Maybe all this stuff is happening around us. We just don't have the mental capacity to understand it. Just like the lion can't understand, you know, what the humans are doing out there. Is that too? Uh, no, that simplistic. That's a good point. That's a very good point. So, what have you? So what, what, beyond a comprehension. What is what's 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 wood knocking? Is that you're uh, doing a little Moscow with the with the with the? 
Bigfoot in the woods? It's a way that Sasquatch communicates. They do it either with rocks or, or sticks on a tree. And it's kind of like it's a, it can be people hypothesize that it could be just a way of communicating or just letting someone else know, letting others know that they're there as a mm-hmm. warning. Right. right. I, we, I interviewed a gentleman who's been going to the same lake here in the middle of nowhere for 20 years to fish. As soon as his boat gets towards one end of the lake, he starts hearing these knocks. See, I'd go they buy- continue till it goes away. <laughs> I'd buy the fish. I'd, I'd pass oh, on that no. whole thing, okay? I would yeah. eat out of there so fast. <laughs> the what, we, what? Went and we went and checked, and we went to that area, Yep. and we did. We even went on beach. We didn't hear any knocks, but one of my colleagues who was back said, yeah, there's knocks, but it had moved to the other side of the lake wow. where we were. It's like whatever it was oh, circled around so... and started knocking that way. It was, it was wild. It'd be funny oh, if, you're in, if you're in the middle of the woods and you hear... Right? Bigfoot's kind of shit. <laughs> it could be a woodpecker, you know. That's true. <laughs> yeah, but that's a woodpecker. It's different than that, You're though. So that, cute. It's, it's a yeah. deep, it's like, you know, like a branch on a tree, like yeah. a whack, whack, wow. whack. Wow. I've never heard that. twos or threes. So, so, so what do you think of this yeah. idea that a lot of stuff, and, and we've, we've talked about this a lot, I've read a lot about it, where when people see a Bigfoot or a cryptid, all this other kind of stuff always seems to be going on as well, you know? What's your mm-hmm. idea of that? I mean, you, you agree. It's part of like this whole one big thing, right? Yeah, I think so. I, the more I look into it, the more I think it's all one, one very big. Skinwalker Ranch is, is a prime example. Like it's everything's ha- there's poltergeist activity. There's like cryptids. There's mm-hmm. you know UFO sightings. There's even portals opening allegedly to different dimensions. I right. think it's all. See, here's one my thing. here's my problem with the Skinwalker Ranch. Okay, it's the Quentin Tarantino of paranormal activity. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Get over this guy. Now listen. Hang on. <laughs> I think he likes him so much. No, I don't. Much don't that say that. No, no, no. That you'd know. <laughs> Believe me, you'd know. No. So many things happen there. So many things have been documented there and everything. Why? And maybe, maybe I'm just you know um, just a babe in the woods here. But why isn't this like the most famous place on earth or one of them? You know, why isn't every kind of um, you know uh, corporation? Why isn't why isn't um, you know, Amazon or all these people who have all this money who are doing all this stuff, Google, why aren't they out there really looking into this? Why aren't they out there with cameras, you know, catching this stuff all the time, all the time? Mm. So much, you know what I mean? It would be a bigger story. It would be a bigger story if all the stuff that happened there was But the true. skinwalkers don't want to be found out. Yeah, but they, but they don't the, want to be talked about. Yeah, but the guy who owned it, isn't he uh, blasting stuff into space or something? He has some kind of story. Doesn't he, isn't he a rich billionaire who's blasting stuff? No, no, stuff? the guy like that, an Elon Musk guy? Mm, he's like him. It, it's not... Go ahead. It's not Robert Bigelow. He sold it okay. to Brandon Fugel, another business person from Salt Lake City. Okay. All right. So, and there, to, to you know, the counter-argument to that, Mac, is that the owners want to release the information in the way they want to do it. So they have the show on the History Channel, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, right. which is just starting. I just talked to someone who was in it. I didn't know they were in it. Okay. I, I don't know if I should say this. I'm okay. going to give something away, but it was someone from the Tic Tac incidents. They oh. brought them out there. I won't say who. I guess I, they just mentioned that they were in it, and they said they couldn't say anything more. Wow. It's, the third season is starting. So the information is mm. sort of out there. But let me just comment on that quickly. Go ahead. Uh, the types of encounters they have out there, it's not like this Disneyland where it's going 24-7. Yep. Uh, you know, what Jason was mentioning, those events, I, I talked to someone that worked out there with NIDS under Bigelow in the late 90s. And he saw that portal open up and a huge creature walk out of okay. it. The portal was a couple feet above the ground. Yeah. And it, you know, a dark space opened up on the road and a huge, maybe eight, nine foot large creature. They weren't sure what it was. Bigfoot, maybe. Go ahead. Walked away and then the portal disappeared. Mm. Those sorts of things have happened over 20 years. Why don't they and have... we're hearing all of it okay. now collected as stories. Mm. This 
you could be out there and maybe not see anything for yeah, weeks but and then these days, see something. So it's not the type mm-hmm. of thing that I understand. fits within the corporate mentality where it's repeating all the time and right. you can just turn on the camera and try. Right. I, I understand that. And, and I probably uh, didn't say it right. I would say that someone, if there's something as fantastic as is claimed in that place, then someone, let's say, of Google money and, and you know, and Zuckerberg, all those people, you know, why wouldn't they, maybe this would be a good idea, go out there and just wire that place with cameras. These days you could wire, you know, for a, for a billion dollars, you could have a camera every 10 feet or whatever and catch something like this fantastic on video, on, on, on indisputable video and sound and, and so on. And finally that is would take the world's, you know, attention and realize this is something that isn't crazy. Here's the proof of it. But that never happens. I have a theory well, on why, but I think the owners attempted to do that. To be fair to Robert Bigelow, mm-hmm. uh, he did attempt to do this first under NIDS. And then let's be honest here. He created a second group called Bass, Bigelow Aerospace yes. uh, Services, something like this. Yep. They were working with DIA. Oh, really? It's in the book Skinwalkers mm-hmm. at the Pentagon okay. by James Lukatsky, another missile analyst. Okay. Like I was mentioning John Ramirez. There was a second one. Uh, James Lukatsky came out with a book about this. Mm-hmm. And the property was under contract to DIA. Yes. Now, Mac, if you have the Defense Intelligence Agency, mm-hmm. one of the main intelli- top five intelligence agencies of the 18 yes. that are out there under DNI. Yes, yes. Do you think they want Google and Amazon out there at the same time that they're out there with their cameras and their crew? No, no. no. Mm-hmm. but, 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 it, all right. It's classified. I, it is classified. Yeah, I know, but that would be. I understand. Maybe they do have video of this stuff and it's classified. Okay, maybe. All right, but it's it. Then it comes down to, you know, who is the person doing the classification, and you know, what right do they have to, you know, to, uh, you know, not let the rest of humanity see something that is is very very strange, but is actually happening. You know, why is it up to them, and and who would it be up to? Can't be up to the president. Okay, we don't talk politics in here, but you know. Our last president, if, if there was some kind of secret to UFOs that the U.S. military knew and he got, you know, and he got briefed on it, he would have tweeted it three seconds later. So we're pretty sure that maybe he wasn't briefed or whatever. And maybe you don't have to brief these guys. Maybe you don't have to tell them everything they would want to know. I know Obama's hinted about it. I know George Bush has hinted about it. But it's always that kind of. Uh, you know, there were things, uh, but you know, you wouldn't want to know about. But and then they get crack some joke, and then it's over. It's 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 kind of weird. Maybe it's like we don't want to know. I don't know. I don't know. But every- well, you know, when Lukatsky said in there in his book, uh, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon. I mean, it's fascinating. It starts out with all these weird anomalies that they encounter, yep. and then some of these anomalies follow them home back to suburban Maryland. Mm-hmm. Uh, around the beltway of D.C., uh, Washington, D.C., these DIA analysts go home and they start seeing Dogman in their backyard. <laughs> That's no bad. <laughs> Not good. Their kids start seeing Dogman and their kids' friends start seeing Dogman, oh, something funny. I wouldn't have even believed in a year ago, but I've read too many encounters with whatever I this dog-like yeah. biped is. That's so funny. they said, what Lekatsky said in the book is, the whole skinwalker thing was so freaky and weird they couldn't get any more funding for it oh wow so i think that sort of answers your question yeah. and it's where how we started the show tonight it's such a weird and freaky kind of phenomena that you almost you can't get funding for it anymore because no respectable person at the dia wants to be associated with that your I project yep because I of the mention of bigfoot and dogman 
and it has that stigma associated with it and professional people who are in a career track, right? They want career enhancing yep, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even mm. people at Google and Amazon yeah, want career yeah. enhancing things. They don't want to scare all their customers away with dog man in your backyard. No, but they, they don't want to lose their job. Yeah, but they look into stuff that is pretty exactly. crazy. That's man. what I think. But that, Mac, yeah. that would be my answer. Part of it. Okay. Uh, okay. And again, it's not public property. It's not, well, that's, no, I can it's, understand that. Someone knows it at the moment and he's doing his own show with the history channel. See, everyone's doing a show. And, uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. So when we do this, we're going to take a quick, quick break. Everyone hang around. We're going to take a quick break now, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Mill Track Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We've got a great gang here tonight, and we'll be right back after this. Please stay tuned. I was in the hospital with my son for 18 months. When he got injured, I wasn't prepared, but I knew I had to be strong. When I was told about John's injury, I was in complete shock. I just remember rushing into his room and giving him a big hug and letting him know I was there. These veterans and families are just a few of the heroes we serve at Homes for Our Troops. For thousands of severely injured veterans, everyday life is filled with barriers. Those really are the, the little things throughout the house. Counters that you can't roll up to. I had to drag my wheelchair down steps. I want to help, but he is so determined. At Homes for Our Troops, we build specially adapted custom homes with features like wheelchair access, roll-in showers, and automatic door openers that allow them to function independently and focus on their recovery and family. This house is freedom. It's hope. It's a new beginning. This house has given me my family back. To learn more, visit HFOTUSA.org. Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we've had for you tonight. Has taken a few unexpected turns, but they're educational and possibly entertaining. Uh, girls, the very famous Juan Juan is here. He's been enlightening us for most of the night. Juan. Well, thank you. I think it's been an enlightening show. It goes both ways. And as you know, I go both ways. So oh, hang on. Uh, hang girls, on, welcome hang on. to the well, show. And uh, I can guarantee he has no idea what that means. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good for you. You just lost. lost Half of your audience, but gained another half of them. <laughs> gained Good another half. Good yeah. for you, Ronnie. No, Coco time. We'll talk later. Yeah, we'll talk. Yes. Okay. Well, bring a box of tissues. You might need a box we'll of tissues for that talk. Um, no, Coco tonight, he's out saving the world. No, Switchy tonight, he's moving his headquarters. However, our security chief, Willie Club, is here. Willie, how are you tonight? Mac, I'm great. Mm-hmm. It's uh, great to see you folks. I'll tell you, I'm getting a lot of information here tonight. Yes. It's really good. I got a lot to think about after this show. Mm-hmm. See, all he would have to do is put on a black suit coat and hike it up a little bit. He'd, he'd be a priest, right? He'd be the monsignor. He could be a priest if he had the cloth. New, yep. but, yeah. but he could I be, wear a uh, different mask every week, as you know, man. Yeah, okay. He could right. a gig at uh, Giggles on Route 1 and uh, <laughs> do a Willie Bulger stand-up. Or it could be Joe Biden. <laughs> That's a funny. That'd be a funny bit on doing, doing a Whitey Bulger stand-up. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of Whitey Bulger. Then switch over to then turn around, come back as Joe Biden. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah. That'd be funny. Yeah, that 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 crowd of giggles would go easy on you. I've been in there when they've almost killed the guy. 
but it's a funny place. <laughs> Great, funny comedy club close to Boston. Jason, you gotta you gotta come when you come down to uh, Massachusetts. You gotta check out Giggles. Yeah, so okay, of all the places you have to go. I think go. Jay Leno, Jay Leno did gig, gigs there at Giggles, didn't he? All those guys did. It's owned by Lenny yeah. Clark's brother, Lenny Clark, mm. the unfunny Lenny comedian. Clark. Yeah. I saw him there he's, once. He's not funny. He's funny. No, he isn't. So anyway, so funny. great impersonation of the mayor. Oh, the man's been dead eight freaking years. You know, turn the page. Get some new material, for God's sake. So. Okay. So, uh, Willie, thanks for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. All right. Now, we're going to go to our favorite part of the show. Our good friend, our um, white witch. Wait a minute. i got to start again. I'm mesmerized. Hang on. All right. Here we go. Hang on. And now we're going to go to the uh, good part of the show. Sorry, guys. But it's our uh, good friend up there in Sideways, New York. Raven, how are you tonight? Raven. I'm very good. Thanks for having me. This is a very informative show. Informative. Okay. All right. Okay. Informative, enlightening, and educational. All three? Yes, the big all three? Those yeah. Okay. There's, there's almost an exam that needs to be required after. Really? This. I feel that with the, with the doctor here. Yeah. Like we're in one of his I lectures. Feel like and, that, uh, but I'm going to opt out. Okay. Um, yes. You know, just test anxiety. Yeah, I'm me too. Pass. Just one big X. Oh, there will be a quiz. There on my SAT. I'm not doing it. Also, a pop quiz. Up there in uh, British Columbia in Canada, laughing at us Americans, is our good friend Jason Hewitt. How are you tonight, Jason? He does a uh, YouTube show called Hunting the Haunted. Great title. How are you, Jason? I'm great, Mac. How are you? How are you? How are you? Uh, <laughs> I'm like you, stuttering over my words because it's been so much fun. How are you guys doing? Uh, hey, Mac. Yes. Quick one for Raven. Doesn't she look like a young Nancy Wilson? A little bit. A little bit before Get an the old uh, heart record, which I could dig up an old heart record. Young Nancy Wilson. Oh. Is it who's the blonde? Which one? I should know this. Uh, not Nancy Ann Wilson. Young Ann, Ann Wilson. Ann Wilson. Ann Wilson. And Ann Wilson was a piece of cake. Yes. Yes. Instead right. of eating a piece of cake, she was. Nancy Wilson was the one I was going to be sitting <laughs> beside awesome. on the bus if I got that that gig being a roadie. That sounds she good. Tried. Hot, Maybe uh, a piece of ice cream. Hot, yeah, I'd love to have a piece of cake. I don't know why. I, I don't know why I didn't take that opportunity to follow my passion. But Juan no. Juan was actually offered and turned down to go to Europe for six months by one of the girls. Six in, weeks. Six, six weeks. weeks. Six months. Who's counting? With one of the girls in Hot. One of the girls in Hot had fallen in love with him and wanted him to go on the tour. And what happened? I called my wife and I said, "Hey, guess what." <laughs> and uh, that's as far as he got computer job at a corporate uh, America, you know, digital equipment corporation. And then, you know, I, you didn't go. She said, don't give up your day job. Okay. Yes. Right. Broke Nancy's hat. Click. Don't <laughs> give up your day. Oh, job. there's a click there. Okay, good. The bad animals tour heart and cheap trick. Yes. I could have done it as a, the lighting uh, technician, one of the lighting technicians for Verilite and, hmm. uh, with the other ones. That's okay. That's all right. Uh, whatever. You know, that's whatever. All right. You made the you made the right decision. <laughs> telescan. Telescan and very right, stuff me, I was good at. Let me get to our other guest. Okay. Joining us from Boulder, Colorado. Um, it's too bad we're not a TV show because he just showed us the sun sinking over the Rockies, right? More or less Simeon Hine. Dr. Yes. Simeon Hine. Outside in a cafe. Kind of cold, but he's, uh, he's roughing it. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it, Sim. You're welcome. And so here's the first quiz question. Go what does what does AOIMSG stand for? Oh yeah. See, we can't. We don't no, even know it. Put this up as something a dumb. Joke people. <laughs> we don't. What, what was that, Raven? I said something dumb. Yeah. yeah. What are you gonna well, give? Too long. Hey, Simeon, what are you gonna I'm... give? What are you gonna give for a prize? A free book from Mac. Oh, you guys get a copy of one of my books that's already okay. Been published. 
Reborn Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group. See, that's gonna be a joke. It's gotta be a joke. Okay, just put that on your uniform. It's Barry, but so the thing is, here there was a contest on Twitter to see who could come up with the funniest sort of alternative name. And so what I came up with is alien objects in my skies go away. I like that one better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we, <clears throat> that's so, your quiz remember. question for tonight. You're done with the quiz. See, it wasn't that good. So, Simeon is someone who's written a number of books and he's, he's really into you know, UFOs and different kinds of, we were talking about earlier, states of matter and everything. We're, maybe there's something going on around us we just don't know about, we haven't discovered yet, or maybe we can't understand it, but something is going on. You have to, I mean, you, you can come back to Kenneth Arnold in the late. 40s. Okay, you know that happened, and we know that, and that that's kind of like the beginning of the flying saucer era in this country, even though they've existed long before that, especially like in World War II and so on, right? But let's say from 1950 on to where we are now, you cannot say that they are all hoaxes. You can't say that everyone reporting these things is crazy. You know, they happen. If only one UFO landing is true, they all they might as well all be true. Okay, you can't. Ignore the fact that everyone is not nuts. A lot of them are. All right, let's be frank about it. A lot of them, for whatever reason, you know, make these things up, want attention, whatever. But there are some optical people, illusions, man. Or, or optical whatever. illusions. But the thing is that there are people who have seen things, who have been abducted, and who have had these experiences that have no, you know, prior, uh, you know, um, knowledge or any prior experience or any prior connection to these things. These are people who are just caught out of the blue. How can they be hoaxes? Anyway, that's my. Uh, now I want to run. I want to run this to you, Tim. You ready? We're going to change subjects here for a second. You're a friend of Steve Howe, right? The guitar player from Yes. I really. I did. I did spend five days with him at a guitar workshop in the Catskills in 2013, Mac. Oh, and wow. uh, so you do have a good memory. And I learned uh, about how he writes songs and the history of Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and his roots and his philosophy of life more importantly and yes. how to survive a tour and still have be have your health intact yes. at the end of long tours yes 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 now oh, yes. Uh, let me just explain to people so this guy steve howe he's he's been in the oh, he's been in the band yes awesome. for a long long time he's he's been in and out and they were crazy being in him telling you the history of yes must have been like a, a howl fest for two and a half hours because they are really you know they've they've formed and reformed and it's it's really kind of nuts but the thing that you can't take away from them and they have a lot of the track hey jason do you know who yes is you're not that old yep yeah rob hey raven you don't know who yes is do you yes i do no you don't so anyway yes i do um uh uh, but but the one thing that has never left from them is that he is an unbelievable guitar player he's just an unreal guitar player and and when you see him play in in my mind I don't want to say it's effortless but you say how could how how does he do that how does he do that you know he he he's just this incredible guitar player. Now I, I he seems have, to never miss a note. He never not strikes that never the makes no, no 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 no. That's not amazing. Yep, no, his he, finger picking style is just I, off the charts. I've seen him many times, and there's there's never any of that ever. Yeah, it's it's always flawless. It's unbelievable yeah. that that this guy has as much, and he looks like a walking skeleton. I saw him on TV about two or three <laughs> months ago, man. And he yeah, is just him. He, he he is just. I know he's probably in his late seventies, and he's just he's always been kind of a skinny guy anyway. You know. But, man, he's still – and he talks a mile a minute. I happened to meet him twice, okay, when I was backstage with their concerts, okay? I never talked to him or anything, but he was signing people's autographs and everything. And I remember someone 
described him as like a race hus. You know, he's 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 kind of uh, moving all the time. You know what I mean? I think he's high strung in a little bit. Not to use that you know that term, but 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 is he is he a good guy? This is just from a fan who wants to know. Sim, is he a good guy, or is he a prima donna? Yeah, no. No, he was a great guy. Not only is he a monster guitarist, one of the best ever we've ever had on the planet, and he can play any style. Yes, yeah, I acoustic. Yeah. He yep. can do jazz because he did that. He had those band that band with his uh, that jazz band he had a mm-hmm. couple of years ago. Uh, one of his sons was in it. Yep, and uh, he can play all these different styles. But he's a great guy. You could hang out with him. Cool. You could talk. Good. He was a great person. He's a great person and a great guitarist, and that was the amazing thing. And five days, I thought, wow, this is amazing to That's be cool. with him and 30 other guitarists. And uh, he would break things down for us lick by lick and show us how he played it and, wow. and, and how you come up with ideas for songs. And mm-hmm. he even gave me a signed copy of one of his CDs. He calls it Homebrew. He makes these CDs. This was the fifth one of just things that are not quite quality to sell, but fans would like of yes, sure. bases of songs that turned into yes songs later. Yeah, yeah. You would hear all these songs. Is that familiar? Cause he came up with it first as a riff and he, it would sort of be these sort of semi-developed concepts. Mm-hmm. And they're really fun. I think his last one was homebrew six. If you're a yes fan, they were really great. Yeah, big, that's yeah. So funny. Yeah. That's cool. Wow, that's yeah. And, 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 and you can tell that he's uh, like you say, he plays any style, but he would, what was cool is we would go to his concerts, right? And, you know, before they'd come out on the stage, he'd have like 10 guitars lined up in back of his microphone, you know, and all this equipment and stuff. And and he would just be so at ease at what he was doing and, and singing harmonies and playing all this like weird lead guitar stuff. He said, how can you have the talent for that? Now, I'm glad to hear that he's a good guy because, as you know, off air we've talked about another member of that band who drove me Nuts, okay. Rick Wakeman. No, not Rick Wakeman. No, no, John Anderson. I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to talk about any names here, okay? But it just kind of proves that, like everything else, 50% of them are good guys. They're just, you know, regular, you know, dopey musicians who made a lot of money, okay? And the other half are, you know, and and, and, and just ruin it for everyone else. I mean, look at the music business, how effed up that business is, right? Same thing, the agents and the managers and everything. I mean, a lot of them are okay, and the other ones out there to steal your blind. Anyway, with this that music segment here, you you should come and do a music show with us, Sim. Tell us, uh, definitely. You know what uh, Steve Howe told you. I used you. to be a local yeah, crew roadie for the union. I, I would, know. Go ahead. I would be happy to. I do play acoustic guitar, and it's something I work on every day. Wow. Yeah. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Because it has to do with. Believe it or not, guys. I will explain this at another time. It has to do with everything we're talking about yes. because everything comes down to vibration and resonance anyway. Yes. So. Yep. It was so right. satisfying yep. in the past year to bring all this together because for most of my life, it was like music and then this academic side and they were separate, but they're not anymore yes. because I realized the phenomenon that we're talking about in the first part of the show has to do with a type of frequency and resonance that creates its own state of matter. Yes, and what yes. are you doing when you're pounding away on your acoustic? You're creating yeah. vibration and impacts That's true. and other types of matter. You can't see it, but you can feel it. Yep. That's why concerts feel so good. I think they're generating particles yeah. from the instruments, from the voice, real yeah. particles. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to talk about this in the book that I'm working on. It's all come together in a cool way, but I'd be happy to come on and do some yeah, yeah. finger yeah. picking because that's right. I'm a finger picker. Huh, wow. Excellent. Interesting. Yeah. I've Excellent. never made, I've, I've probably had four guitars in my life. I can never master it. I just can't get you know, everything. Hey, Jason, do you play any instrument? You look like you're a, uh, let, me, let me guess. A yes or no first, tell me yes or no. Do you play any musical instrument? 
not very well. I was going to say he was a. <laughs> I, I was going to say he was a drummer. Oh, this, my I was going to say he struck me as like a pianist. A pi- oh, I was going to say that. Drummer. Drummer. I yeah. was the drummer. Yeah. 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 We have a piano. My son wants to play the drums. He's all about. Really? Yeah. You might want to talk things, him out of right? it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know. The, you know what they call a guy who hangs around musicians, right? What? A drummer. Like a drummer. <laughs> hang on, hang on. I'll, I'll let him know that. Actually. So fun, though. Oh. There's, there's a tear in well, Charlie Watt's eye right now. I can feel it. Yeah, tell that to Neil Pert. Yeah, Neil Pert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. A Ringo Starr. Ringo Starr is one of the best. You know, we could get into that argument, too. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best drummers ever. Or the ever. guy from Def Leppard that had one arm. We had one That's arm. Yeah. And right. they didn't wow. drop him. They oh, didn't drop God. him. What's his name? Uh, Pour some sugar God. on it, baby. Don't say lefty. Now, listen. What's that's that's what was good about that band. I mean, look at they were they were a band. They had made it big. They had really made it big. Okay, he gets in a car accident. He loses his arm. They just go to him and say, "Do you want to quit the band or you want to be in the band? You know, if you want to be in the band, we want you in the band." So he goes through this whole year thing of learning the drums with one hand, playing everything else with his feet and stuff. You know, blah blah. This is yeah. a good this is a good rock story. So anyway, they do their first concert, and they're big. And the guy who was the uh, lead singer, Joe something, he's an English guy, but he lives in Dublin. He's like an Irish guy. He says, we won't announce that he has come back with us. It's just going to be another show. This is, you know, this is our drama, no big deal, right? They come out, and he says, as soon as this guy walked out on the stage, this Joe Butler, I think his name is, like, he says, it felt like 60,000 hair dryers hitting my face. Everyone, talk about the vibrations <laughs> by people's voices, and they were all calling this guy's name. 60,000 of them, just for him to come out. And take a bow, you know? That's a that's a nice moment, but now oh, that I'm talking so about cute. it. Yeah. And and they didn't kick him out of the band. I mean any other come on, let's face it. But Sim, that whole idea that that the the force of people, you know, just their voices vibrating stuff, maybe they're breathing, you know. No, it is real, guys. The biggest amazing discovery, I'll just share this with you now, <laughs> wow. and we'll talk about it another time, is when you create sonic vibration and impact, even any percussive feeling. Yes. You're creating clumps of matter, and they have a name. They're called cold neutrinos. Just they're cold because they're kind of on the slower side. Okay. You're actually generating a type of subatomic matter, and this is how it connects to PK. Go ahead. You know psychokinesis. Yes. People that I've seen demonstrations that I'm convinced are real. Go ahead. Where I could look at everything, where people could float things above their hand. I saw this in Japan. We'll talk about it another time. Go ahead. Levitate objects through the air in a controlled fashion. That is the same thing that musicians are generating, perhaps not as a, in a controlled way as a PK master. Yes. But I'm pretty convinced, guys, I'm like 95% of the way there, that this is why concerts feel so good. It's, it's literally live music mm. is generating a type mm-hmm. of subatomic matter that can be measured. And it's why it feels good to be around it. You're actually getting this kind of energetic nutrition. Yes, yes. yes. And I'm, I'm going to explain all this in the mm-hmm. book, so we'll talk about it. But it's so cool that these things all connect. Mm-hmm. And just one more thing. You know, we were talking about the tree knocking sounds. Yes. Maybe when Bigfoot is making those tree knocking sounds, He's it's not it. just a territorial marker. Maybe it's a way to generate a type of energy from percussion. There you go. I mean, you know, mm. that could be. Why not? Could be. It's a good thought. Yeah. 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 So, so anyway, so um, let me just ask you because I saw this on your uh, in your bio, and I've been meaning to bring this up with you, Sim. Uh, yeah, yeah. Every time you know the the other times that you've been on, um, tell us about the black swan idea. Can you just uh, educa- yeah. educate so us on that? This is the thing about these topics that you and and the, we all love to talk about here on the on the on the show right okay. now, and the yes. audience loves. But what, what we've found is that 
in our social systems, in our society, there are things called hidden events. And hidden events are things that people experience, but they won't talk about. Go ahead. As we said in the beginning, because they could get ostracized, they could be fired. They could lose their, they go into this social danger zone when you say, I saw a UFO, people make fun of you. And as you pointed out, Mac, even our own CIA had a program to make fun of people for they said because they didn't want people seeing our classified technology. So back in the 50s, they made fun of it, but it, the programs kept going. When you do that, you push these topics away into the margins of society and they're not covered by the mainstream anymore. And it becomes kind of ghostly mm -hmm. that people are experiencing something, but they won't talk about it unless, you know, it's no one else is listening. I've been at conferences where people have told me they've handled UFO materials, mm -hmm. top level engineers. I can't get them to come on my YouTube channel. Yes, I yes. believe you guys. What's preventing They are them? world famous, but I, they are known for other things, but they've also handled this material to try mm -hmm. to figure out for the government how it works. Yep. Nanotechnology. I'll just yeah, tell yeah. you some of what they told me. So you have these people back there who could equally come on the show like I'm coming on, who actually handled the materials, who've been in the intel agency and stuff, but they won't talk about it in public. They'll do it at a conference after a couple drinks uh -huh. at the buffet. Booze. Right? Yep. So this is why I call it Black Swan Ghost. Oh, I get it. Okay. Because the impact when we start, if we realize that there are other beings around that are invisible right now in our space, other yes. objects that maybe we don't see most of the time, but they're there observing us, that would have a big impact on society if people found out about it all at once, but they don't find out about it because it's pushed away but, as a hidden event. Wouldn't that be a huge, so a huge topic. yeah, but wouldn't that be a topic. huge, I mean, the, wouldn't if someone revealed that? in a way that everyone could understand and not question, which would be pretty hard these days. But, you know, isn't that, wouldn't that be the, the biggest story of mankind? Like I said before, like that there's just something else out there. Yeah, but we know about it, but we've been it holding is, it from you. Guys, this is the biggest story ever. All of these topics we're talking about and having fun with, mm -hmm. I'm convinced these are the biggest stories ever that would change people's understanding of who they Why are. Why do they keep it For from a good us? way, I think. In a, in our, our role in the universe, where we, but they won't do it because of the, there were these studies that you guys heard about in the 60s, 60s Brookings Institution. They thought people might panic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear and that. Have, you yeah, know, sure. a war of the worlds. You know, that was just a radio show and people panic. So there's this feeling. And, and, and here's another aspect of it. Let's say some aspect of these topics is kind of hard to accept. Yeah, yeah, I can and see that. Yes, I do. flip out yep. a little bit. I mean, yep. I know Bigfoot's real now. After all, a year or two of interviewing people and reading everything I could. But for the average person, it's kind of scary to think that you could go out in the woods and encounter something that no one ever told you about. And so this could be true with mm. the UFO topic, too, is if you found out. OK, let me just give you a scenario. Go ahead. I don't know if this is true, but let's say you found out some of your neighbors were actually extraterrestrials that were here to study. us. You've, met, you've met my neighbors. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so what would that what would that do if the government comes out and says some of you are being taken every night out of your beds to dematerialize through your wall and are being studied by these visitors and they're putting you back most of the time in the right bed. Sometimes <laughs> people wake up outside their homes uh -oh. on their lawns. I can tell you as a fact, this has happened to people from the intelligence community. They've yeah. woken up on their lawns repeatedly and they don't know why. Hmm. So how uh, many people can you tell Jack this Daniels. to that this is? Yeah, go okay, ahead. Here's the, here's the bottom line, guys. Go We're ahead. not in control. The government okay. would have to right. say we're not in control of our That's airspace. Right. There are things that can come in every night when it's dark 
and they're going to take you out of your bed and bring you to their ship and experiment on you. We can't do anything about it. All right, let me, uh, that's me, what we're talking about here. We got five that's minutes. We got five the government to told us that there'd be panic in the streets. Yeah, but hang on a second. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Character George in Easy Rider was trying to explain. Right. We still have to recreate in that. that movie played by Jack Nicholson, who was about a twelve-minute diatribe right. in a campout with Dennis Hopper and uh, yeah, Henry Fonda's son there. And, and right. What's his name? And Peter Fonda. Peter Fonda. We can barely remember him. him. Okay. What's that? This guy. What was that? Yeah. Listen, no, guys. This is what we don't know how people are going to react. We got yes. Yeah. Yes. Four minutes. Let me ask you this question, okay? <clears throat> okay. So, the, and, and this has to be like a 30-second answer, okay? Do you think – all right, so, so if that's the state of affairs that we have here in America, right? We won't even talk about Canada for a second. Do you think that that's the same state of affairs in a place like China, Russia? Where they're holding back no. this info? Or do you think they know it or we know it, they don't know it? Two minutes. No, they all know it and they're more open about it in other societies. China does have an official UFO investigator's license that you can get from the government. We met them. Oh, they wow. came. One of them came to the Citizen Hearing in 2013 at the National Press Club. Yeah, yeah. I forget his name, uh, but he had an official UFO investigator's license. Interesting. It's something about us here in the U.S. that we really want to feel like you know we're in control. We know. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Something. I guess yes. this world works. Yeah, and I, this is not the case. Maybe other other countries can, are easier for them to. Yeah, Brazil is another country, and France and Belgium. I mean, they they seem to be open minded about you it. You know, even Russia is more open minded about it than we are. Hey, listen, what mm -hmm. a show! What a Believe show! It or not. We've had uh, tonight, and I'm going to have. I want everyone to uh, plug their books, whether you wrote them or not. So let me just go to a friend, Jason Hewitt, up there in British Columbia. Are you glad you're a Canadian? Can I just throw that question to you really quick? Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, I don't seem any different than anywhere else. Really. <laughs> so, well, you right. seem quite American to us. Your so. room is very neat, though. <laughs> <laughs> have you been down? I mean, have you been down to the United States? Oh, many times. Oh, yeah, really, many yeah. times. Now yeah. that the world's opening up, I can't wait to go back. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, it's U.S. is ghetto. I'm not going back. Don't say. <laughs> okay. Hey, Jason, <laughs> Jason, have you met the Queen? And I don't, don't. We're not going to talk about in her. June in no. The UK. no one cares. I've never met the Queen. No. Okay. Well, well, why would you I want her? Why don't we, there's right. nothing. You know, she's just some elderly lady that one one. Let me break it to you. She's the Queen. She's the Mom, Queen of nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing there. Elizabeth II. Yeah. Elizabeth This isn't like downtown Abbey. Well, not me. Him. Anyway, Jason, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. And, uh, you know, in the next big, uh, you know, breakthrough that you come across, please let us know, okay? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You Thank will you take care much. of those posters, though, right? Take those posters down just for us? <laughs> no, I can't promise anything. Oh, sorry. wow. <laughs> Dr. Simeon Hine. We can call him doctor. He has a PhD. Thank you for joining us tonight from Boulder, Colorado, where we appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Okay. Can I ask you thanks one, for being one more question? So do do you give do you, do you pass all your students with like an A? Did you did you just give them all an A, right? I always give them an A. Do they really? Do you ever have any students come and just beg you, beg you to pass them? I used to do that. I haven't taught in university in a while, and that used to happen. Oh. And I I have to admit, I had my share of conferences with the department chair when I didn't give them A's. Oh, when if you didn't I gave give them, them a B or a C, really? Why would I have to go to? Okay. Uh, uh, so I learned to give them A's. It's easier. Jeez, nobody wants to get a C, even though it's not. You probably know what my next question is, but that, we'll do that on Mac after Doc. Dr. Simeon, Hein, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Next time you're going to play, Thank you guys. play some guitar you're for welcome. us, right? Thank play you. some play some guitar for I us next time? Promise. Okay. Promise. Promise. Cool. Promise. Definitely. Uh, okay. Definitely. Why don't I do the plugs now, okay? Uh, if you want a bag of swag from Mac Maloney's Military Exiles show, all you have to do is go to MacMaloney.com, hit the contact button, and leave us your mailing address, 
and just say, I want a bag of swag. We need your mailing address, not your email address, but your mailing address so we can send out a bag of swag. And these days, I have some big news, by the way. Uh, these days, uh, you get uh, two pins, two collar pins, uh, some uh, decals, um, uh, and bar coasters. There's a whole bunch of stuff in there now, but I, I found out today where I could get the bar coasters for a relatively low price, okay? Bar coasters are very, very popular these days because I guess bars used to get them free from liquor distributors or something, and that's one of the things that they've cut up. Yeah, they've cut up. apparently. So people really love our Mac Maloney Ooh. Military Exiles, you know, there bar coasters. There is. Club is showing us, okay? So I got a bunch of them today, it turns out. <laughs> For a low, low price, I'm sure everyone is glad to hear that. And for so almost a low price, they can get it autographed by uh, the oh, one and only, only JJ. Oh, oh, one and only JJ. Okay, that's great. That's so right. I can I will sh- personally autograph I it. can ship up the, these 200 uh, little items to you, right? You'll autograph them all? Yep, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Really? Yeah? Okay, all right. If I know the name of the individual it's going to. Oh, I'll you want individual? Holy cow. Do you have yeah. any idea how much work that's going to That's awfully nice of you. Yeah. Yes, right. Uh, so anyway, so uh, yeah, get your bag of swag, go to macmorning.com, hit the contact button, send us your uh, mailing address, and the bag of swag will be out to you to the suite. Uh, we should also say uh, Homes for Our Troops. Homes for Our Troops is a military organization that helps troops from the uh, Afghan and uh, Iraqi war, actually uh, post-9-11 veterans who may have lost a limb, uh, you know, in the service of our country, or the USA anyway. And so what this uh, Homes for Our Troops does is that they build houses. They build these, you know, $450,000 houses, and then uh, they make them uh, more adaptable for the veterans. You know, they have, like, low account of space. They're one story. They don't have to deal with stairs and things like that make it a little bit easier for them uh, to live their lives. And then they give them the house. They give them the house, tear up the mortgage, give them the keys. These people deserve it. Homes for our troops. Just Google them. And uh, another good thing about them is that uh, 88 cents on your dollar um, actually goes to the charity, and that's, like, very, very high in the uh, charity biz. Mm-hmm. And... Um, also, uh, there's uh, statistics that say that 85% of uh, wounded veterans who, uh, you know, I guess you could say are lucky enough to get into one of these uh, houses, lucky enough to get into one of these houses, uh, they, uh, they go on to lead really like, productive lives and have families and stuff. It's really a cool story. Uh, General Tom was on a World War II trivia uh, show two weeks ago, and he came in. He finished first. He, he tied for first with Jocko. Think about that. That's that was amazing. That was, yeah, yeah. Two star general battle. and Jocko tie. Anyway, uh, so Homestar troops, Google them, and hopefully you know, give them some support. Also, Ross Shop and his mad Englishman friends are putting back together a aircraft from World War II called the Mosquito. It was a famous aircraft. It was built of wood, uh, but they put two Rolls Royce engines on it and unknowingly created an airplane that was so fast. It could outrun the bullets. It could outrun the bullets. It could literally You'd go be faster. Shooting at it and just, and they just give you the yeah, probably wave to you. Luxuri- Rolls Royce engines. What a luxurious ride that must have been, huh? Okay, but we found out a little bit of a problem real quick uh, with Rolls Royce engines when we were talking to the trivia show. It turns out that you know that um, well, should I get into this or not? That um, during the Battle of Britain, the Spitfire, the very famous Spitfire, you know, everyone knows, you yep. know, won the Battle of Britain. But actually, there was another plane called the Hurricane, which actually shot down more. Uh, Nazi planes than the uh, Spitfire. The Spitfire gets all the press, let's say. But it turns out that the Hawker Hurricane, you could rearm it and refuel it in less than 10 minutes. But the um, the Spitfire, which is a highfalutin engine, that Merlin engine, which came from Rolls-Royce, took like 25 minutes to turn it around. And when, you know, you're getting bombed and strafed, that makes a big difference, right? So, not that I'm anything, not that I'm down on Rolls Royce engines, okay? But I'm just saying they need a little maintenance. It'd be like having a Porsche engine in your airplane. 
Anyway. They should have had an MG engine in it. Austin. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah. And, and fuel them up and, you know, get out of here. <laughs> anyway. So that's our Ross shop. Uh, the People's Mosquito Project should be taken to the year in about a year or so. And I think that's it for the uh, Plug of Roonies, right? Let's, uh, yeah, uh, that's it. Going to throw real quick to Jason. What's the name of your books? What's your latest book, Jason Hewitt? The latest book, I Want to Believe in Investigator's Archive. Yeah, cool. And what's your latest book there, Dr. Sim? Oh, my latest one is Black Swan Ghosts. Mm -hmm. Sociologist investigates strange objects, their occupants. Uh, yeah. I almost thought it was a book about ballet, but when you added ghosts on it, I knew it wasn't the same book. <laughs> and one one, how's your book on ballet? Jason, uh, thanks for uh, supporting me in my quest to... Uh, make sure I popularize Quentin Tarantino as don't, don't, don't. See, one I'm of just the top cut filmmakers it out. Of, uh, of all time. I'm going to cut it's that out. A problem. round of applause. Wow. <laughs> Raven, really? A2, Raven? A2? And a poster, just like the one I have, to go with it. Wow. I'm going to hang it up next time. Okay. There you go. Put it where the Rolling Stone one is. Talk away there. <laughs> right. oh, yo. I can hang it up right up there in front oh. of um, Mr. Tongue over okay. there. You'll see. You'll see. God, 60 years they've been in the band. Wow. Mm. Okay. That's the name of their tour, 60. Yeah. Boy, if they if you can brag about it, you got a lot of money. Listen, hey, Willie Club, are you still awake? Willie? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. Well, I really appreciated being here tonight. Mm -hmm. Like I said, mm -hmm. very informative tonight. Yes. I'm kind of disappointed that you're down on the Queen and Quentin Tarantino what? and Rolls Royce engines. But, what? You know, <laughs> wow. we'll, we'll get someone to deal with you on they that. Do see, they do sound unpopular, but listen, you got to stick up for it. Well, look, I can just say one more thing. You have a uh, picture of uh, the Ukraine flag on your desk. I do. Okay. Are you part Ukrainian? I thought you were 100% Irish. What's going on? No, but I'm uh, very much uh, mentally involved in what's going on we, right we, now. And we try not to have uh, mentioned politics on the show, but someone said um, uh, three weeks ago the Russians thought they had the second best army in the world, and after three weeks it turns out they have the second best army in Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it will go that way. Uh, thank you, Club, for joining us. Raven, it's that time thank for you. us to say goodnight to you. Goodbye. Thank you for having what, me. What are you drinking? What were you drinking tonight? You didn't uh, update us. You didn't. Okay, listen. Okay. Right. Guess what's back? What? Genesee Kolsch. Oh, my I favorite beer on the Genesee. planet. It's back. I love Genesee. Oh. Wow. Okay. Crushed we're, them. We're gonna have to take that road trip up there, morning. Yes, definitely. Thank you, for right. Raven, You're for joining us. Here. Okay. Casa del Raven. Really? Can we stay a couple of weeks, or would that be overstaying? I welcome. Is that a Kiss T-shirt yeah. you got on there? No. Yes. Yeah, oh, no. I love Kiss. So it's based yes and on no, it's, Kiss. it looks like a yes. What is it? Oh, it says, Kiss. It says Kiss. It has cats on it. Oh, okay. oh Hiss. Awesome. Oh, damn. <laughs> I love Kiss, but I found this and I made my husband buy it for God. All right. Well, I want to shine his definitely. He has a Kiss album too. I'm sure his club has no, many a, kiss out. It's a working crew. I was a you know local Thank crew you. for all these games. Thank you for everyone listening to us tonight. Loved we it. really appreciate it. And uh, so this is back for the entire gang saying, until you hear us next time, please be safe, be happy, and bye-bye. <laughs>